Oh, he's here. You wait your turn, baby. People pay to see me, not you. Let's talk, shall we? AEW is now destination television once again. The ship has been steered properly once again. This belt is now the most important belt in this entire sport. And it states the three letters. And it damn sure ain't AEW. I know for a motherfucking fact it ain't MOX. It's MJF. God damn you people are fucking dumb, man. No offense. No offense. You had sympathy for the devil? What are you, fucking stupid? You morons bit on every single word I had to say this past couple of months, huh? I want to earn it. I want to fuck that. I deserve it, because I'm the best wrestler in the fucking world. And every single one of you know it. On the microphone, in the ring, nobody can touch me. That's a fact. Nobody is on my level. And then, to think you guys still believe me when I put over this motherfucker this past Wednesday? Grow the fuck up. No offense. Grow up. Now let's talk a little bit, huh? Uh, MJF, what's going on with you and Regal? You know, we're all really interested. What's going on? How'd that link up start? You think I'm gonna tell you, dumb motherfucker? Huh? With 70,000 fucking hardcore marks watching at home jerking off in their grandma's basement? Huh? To my velvet voice? You think I give a shit? No, if you want to know anything about the most important man in professional wrestling, you gotta tune in to the MJF show. That's every Wednesday on TBS. And you know damn well that is now Destination TV. Now, here's what's gonna fucking happen, okay? I'm gonna take a shower. I'm gonna get all of Moxie's disgusting hepatitis A through Z off of me. And then, in the morning, I'm gonna do what nobody else on the roster does, because I'm the only real fucking star here. I'm gonna hop on a jet, and I'm gonna go to my goddamn movie set. Anybody got any questions? Huh? Just kidding. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Champs fucking out, baby! Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! His mother named him Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything about him. <laughs> the only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. That's flair. <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Day. 
It's Wednesday. You know what that means. Top of Wrestling is here, just like we are every week at 12 o'clock. 9 o'clock if you're up early on the West Coast. Thanks so much for listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I am the professor, Mark Fantasia. Appreciate you all listening this week. I'm excited because finally, I think AEW took a good turn this past week and we'll be able to talk about that. We're going to talk about bringing things to the table. We have a wrestler of the week. We're living some 25 years later in the Monday Night Wars. Plus, our very bleak top topic. Very, very bleak. I apologize. But it's at least a topic in itself. Ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour, the man with the power, ODM! Hi, Mrs. Professor. <laughs> you anyway. saw her in the background, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking video bombing over here. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, back in the saddle again. Hit the music. Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good jam. Good jam. (laughs) All right. Maybe back in the saddle of winning, but not in the back in the saddle of like, we look good. Got to start somewhere. uh, No, you start somewhere as week one. (laughs) Let's not, let's not get into it. It's not a football podcast because I may lose my shit for the next hour. (laughs) I don't blame you. I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm okay with where we're at, but I'm not happy. I mean, I think it was you that sent me the stat. Bro, did you realize we just went from first to wild card a couple like last week? I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm upset. Um, but let's talk wrestling. Let's talk some new up-to-date stuff. I know we always like to, in the second half, hit up the Monday Night Wars and get into the old school stuff. But finally, there's been some decent stuff from both sides with WWE and AEW. I got to tell you something. ODM, it's, it's just, it's too hard. It's, 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 it's so goddamn hard being this good. You know what I'm saying? Shit's too easy. It's too easy. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It's hard goddamn work. No, I'm saying (laughs) I have predicted so much (laughs) shit in the last couple of weeks that I know that last week I had said, you know, Drew forming with Sheamus. I was going to put that in our predictions that we have done. Um, I did like that this past week they called Drew the honorary brute. Excellent play. I'm glad that you guys are being creative because that's fucking smart. I think that's just, it works great off the honorary ooze. Not only did I call them, I called Kevin Owens is perfectly set up in the storylines to be your fifth member. Nailed it. I said when Will Ospreay was done defending his title against Shadow Umino 
at the crossover event, which we'll get to in a couple of minutes, uh, a couple of minutes, that Kenny Omega was going to be the one to challenge him. And it was a scene made his full gear in a video package. That dude drops a video to say he's challenging Will Ospreay for the U.S. title. It's another one for me. And then the main event of the full gear pay-per-view, I called it, I called the ending easily about five weeks ago, maybe four or five weeks ago, whenever MJF and William Regal had their face-to-face off in the ring and the talk of the the diamond dynamite ring and doing what's right and being the devil, all of it. I said, Regal's the original devil. He is. He's going to probably join MJF. Woo! Now God, it feels good to be good. Now, wait a minute. Now, let's take that step further because I was thinking about that shit. What, what if, right? what if oh. Regal just kicks Moxley out of Blackpool Combat Club, it stays as is, and MJF just joins? <laughs> the only reason I'm I'm saying no is I did see a video afterwards. Did you see the video in the ring where Blackpool Combat Club consoled Moxley? No. Yuda, Danielson, and Claudio all come to the ring. All of them wearing like beanies, you know, because it's called a shit in New Jersey. Right. Yeah. You know. And it's funny because Claudio is mimicking to him with a fist in the air and thrusting his shoulder. And Moxie goes, wait, what? And pointing to his hands, he had playing out that he had no idea that Regal was the one that handed over the brass knucks to uh, begin with. Gotcha. And then you see Moxie get pissed off and slam his hands on the mat and and the crowd was laughing at it. I was like, that, well done. That was a good moment to even see. I'm like, it's even for afterwards, playing all the way through. Wait, how did he get brass knucks? How'd that happen? <laughs> We're going to get into full gear. Um, I don't see that happening only because I did see Yuta put out a post, something about, like, he was pissed off, fuck the devil, some shit like that. Like, mean, like, he was mad that Regal crossed. Is this the end of the Blackpool Combat Club? Is it just going to be MJF and Regal from here on out? I kind of want the BCC to disband just so we can maybe get a Claudio versus Danielson match. Or, you know, maybe heal Danielson or whatever. And Moxley, he's going away for a little while. Oh, yeah. Deservedly. Mm -hmm. Funny, by the way, how much the, the crowds were, fuck you, Moxley... Uh, we want MJF, all that during the, the main title match. And it was real fuck you Moxley's. And he was playing to the crowd, taking a bow every time they were chanting against him or booing him. He was smart. But then afterwards, it was thank you Moxley. Because that's what's great about wrestling fans is you can do the cheer, be in the moment, play the kayfabe, but at the end of it, hey man, thank you. Because the last two months, you were actually not supposed to be here. And, and so we kind of appreciate that. I I appreciate that. I thought it was kind of cool because I was like, this crowd's shit on him. But it's supposedly MJF's backyard. Um, you want him to, you know, prevail. Everybody wanted to see the title change. Next world champ is what they kept chanting. Moxley played well into it, but they still respected him at the end of the day. It was, it was just very cool to watch. Now... I know that we're a couple of minutes already into the show here, several, um, but I got I to gotta bring this up. In four days, for the first time since we have entered the IFW 
fantasy league. They started season five, I think it was, and or we got in at season five. And ODM won your first season. I won the next two. And in four days, I don't think anybody can touch us. Nope. ODM has first, and I have second place. We ran the division hard this year to the point where someone is like, I'm not going to be last. You're going to be last. You're (laughs) fighting for last place. (laughs) What a bunch of losers. And it's fun. The one doesn't even like participate. She has no fucking clue what's going on. And she's still not in last. Um, What's crazy is my wife is like, how long are you guys going to do this? And I go, well, we thought about running the gauntlet till we lose and then being like, I route. I'm like, but, what if that loss is a fluke and we come back and take it again? I'm like, I kind of like how much we're just beating everybody's asses. They just don't get how booking works, how storylines work. All I had to do is the morning of go, what's the last three weeks of SmackDown and Raw look mm-hmm. like? Ah, mm-hmm. that guy's pushed. Done. We're good. They just don't get it. I, it. It's not fucking rocket science. I don't get it personally. And two of them are wrestlers. What the fuck? Like, I would understand the fantasy league for football, basketball, that's non like scripted shit. I'm predicting what they're going to be doing, mm-hmm. and, and I'm usually right. I'm not going to lie. Maybe the only reason I got a two peat was that Wardlow did beat forty security guards in one night. But fuck it, doesn't matter, man. <laughs> Wins a win. All right, <laughs> let's get on to some real news. Let's see what has happened this past week. Hit it. All right, Fightful Selects reported that WWE's offered Steve Austin another match. There's really not much going on there. There's a lot of conjecture as usual, uh, basically saying uh, Austin, uh, his requests haven't been met. It's not close. Uh, so who the fuck knows? We don't even know if it would be at um, a Saudi event, at WrestleMania. Who the fuck knows? I think it's Saudi. Uh, not Jesus. Why did I? Because you said Saudi. It's going to be WrestleMania. Yeah. I think it would be WrestleMania if he does it again. Here is why I would personally, if I was him, look at Kevin Owens, your match, great send-off. Don't come back. But then you said, nope, we're going to double down, but Vince wanted me to, and I'm going to come back and stun Pat McAfee, Austin Theory, and the worst stunner of all time to Vince McMahon. Now it's like, well, I kind of got to write that wrong. That can't be the last thing I did on TV. (laughs) <laughs> there's talk of rock versus Austin four. Yeah. I said the same. There is the obvious talk of Steve Austin versus CM Punk. That was teased when punk was your WWE champion. And for all tense and purposes with everything going on with punk and his contract, yada, yada, while it would be a very cool thing to see, I don't see it happening. If, if I was Triple H and I'm booking this, and only if I do have Roman Reigns versus The Rock, if you are able to pull that off, WWE title or not, I actually don't care if that title is involved in that whole scenario. I'd actually rather it not. Almost. But your second big attraction for night one, night two, whatever it could be, John Cena versus Steve Austin. I think they both could work a great match together. It would almost be your Rock 
Hogan that we had at WrestleMania 18. It would be a, a hell of a, it'd probably draw. It'd probably draw. It was still a show. I yeah. think it would probably be the best one on the card just because of both guys just working as they do and both being pros. I'd be okay with it. If I was Triple H, that's what I would book would be Cena and Austin. Yeah, that's not a bad one. I just don't think. I, I mean, listen, uh, we've talked about the nostalgia factor before. It just rarely works out the way that you want it to, and it's just. I Yeah, well, hang on. Hands down. I mean, if, if I have the opportunity to make a major choice, no, I don't want Austin to wrestle a match at all. Please. I like what you did it with uh, Owens. Your next night was a cute little carnival spectacle, but let's move on. You're done. Right off into the sunset. You do not need to be Ric Flair. Ric Flair is in one of our worst opportunities bid or uh, category for our awards. You know what I'm saying? Like when we have our awards in a couple of weeks, it's don't be Ric Flair. Do not be yeah. Ric Flair, kids. Don't Whatever have 17 you, retirements. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't be Ric Flair. <laughs> That's Flair. All right, man. What other news you got? All right. Uh, well, Kazuchika Okada, I don't know if you know this, uh, he wants to wrestle The Rock, apparently. Now, cool your jets Dude. because, one, yes, of course, obviously, that would be a spectacle to see. I, I, I couldn't imagine what that match would be like. But I think a lot of it... pitching a tent. <laughs> is that what that is? <laughs> uh, so, as you know, The Rock just uh, was in an, a movie recently called Black Adam. Uh, it's a... It's a DC comic. Uh, Kazuchika Okada lended his voice talents to the Japanese dub of that movie. Did not know that. Yeah. So I think it probably got brought up as just as part of a media scrum or something, him hyping up his involvement with the movie, that which The Rock's in. So, oh, yeah, of course I want to wrestle The Rock. You know, so I don't know how much weight there is or, or what's ever going to come of it. But it was something that just when you hear it, whether it's ever going to happen or not, that would be that. That's got some potential. You know, that <clears throat> South Park meme of the guy in the basement with the computer. And <laughs> that's, yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. Everybody would feel that way, <clears throat> whether it was at WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom. Fucking superstars taping. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. People would lose their shit for that one. Would it happen? Obviously not. No. Um, I, I really, really highly doubt it. But if it does, I could maybe see, maybe not this coming year right now, but the year after at either Mania, Wrestle Kingdom, something fun where they could get together. I won't rule it out because, man, that's your, jeez. I mean, outside of John Cena facing Okada, that's your Hogan Anoki. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, uh, what like, Tanahashi, Cena, you know. Fair enough. But, yeah, Speaking I mean. Speaking of Anoki, uh, by the way, mm. if you haven't seen the Wrestle Kingdom poster, there's three people on the poster, Okada and Jay White, and then above in the middle, because it's the 50th anniversary with New Japan, but also it's the 17th Wrestle Kingdom, even more so, it is a tribute to uh, Antonio Inoki and his picture is at the very top of it as well. So oh, kind of a cool thing. The, their wrestle kingdom, which is one night this year is in tribute to Inoki. I think I, I'm excited to see whatever tribute they put together for the night. Absolutely. Should be a banger. They always do. All right. So we got an injury and update, but not really. 
<laughs> so Randy Orton's been out for quite some time. <laughs> I'll wait. Go ahead. For the first time ever, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's it's believed to be a serious back issue, but there's been really no updates on his condition. Um, you know, there was an article about him talking about all the, all the RKOs he's done, just, you know, fucking them up. Uh, but, uh, Randy's wife, Kim shared a post on her Instagram account, uh, celebrating their anniversary and included a picture of Randy in a hospital bed and gown. And she wrote, if y'all only knew why this was taken, followed by a laughing emoji in the hashtag in sickness and in health. Now, honestly, I read this and I put it in the notes just because I think that's an old picture and caption. Yeah, it's super old. Now, again, you know. I don't know. He's been out a long time. He's been he's he's had some major injuries. So, uh, you know, he's he's been a you know a rock for the WWF WWE. That's um, Dwayne. Kind. Of, <laughs> I was waiting for it. I set Put you em. up. Lobbed you a softball. Uh, yeah. So not really an update, but I figured I threw that in there anyway. <laughs> Speak. Speaking of rock, I just read a thing where Shamrock did an interview. Ken Shamrock, and he said that. He went to The Rock and was like, hey, man, heads up. In my contract, I am The Rock. People call me that in UFC. And that, that was it. Like, that was the, the gist of the interview. And it made me laugh because I feel like I, I, I feel like The Rock, Dwayne, was like, okay, little buddy. Thanks. I right, move along. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. We'll take that up on the fridge. So here's a little another little side note. Speaking of Ken Shamrock. Uh, there's a guy I know who was just like, I, I don't want to say an extra, I don't want to demean his position, but uh, he had a small role in a movie that was filmed, uh, I believe in like the Spencerport area, somewhere out there, and like the main billing is Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock was in Rochester recently to film a movie. No shit. Yeah, like, listen, this, this isn't I, I would have theaters, bumped but... right by him and not even noticed him. Yeah, <laughs> you would notice that mug. That's true. Um. Uh, you and I, there's something I want to add to it. You'd said it, it's a something to report, but not really. Yeah. The reason I'm laughing at that is there was a report, and I'm not sure it was either for. I, I think it was for the tag team titles. Dave Meltzer reported. You ready? Yeah. The Usos are set to drop the tag team titles at some point. To someone we don't know who yet. Yeah, that's generally how a title reign works, yeah. Dave. <laughs> I was gonna say, were they gonna hold it till they die? Did you wake up one morning and go, I don't have anything to fucking put out there? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> their title reign's gonna end at some point, right? Oh, that's good shit. I don't know why I just read that and I was like, this guy, this guy. Yeah. All right. Continue embarrassing. Well, we already talked about Omega returning to New Japan to face Osprey, so that's going to be a big return for him. Uh, we'll see what kind of uh, you know a reception he gets uh, when he does return. Uh, but it's going to steal Wrestle Kingdom, probably. No yeah, probably. The fans always loved him, even when he was a heel. You know, they cheered the shit out of him, especially in the matches against Okada. Um. Yeah, and uh, you had mentioned the uh, IWGP Stardom crossover, the historic crossover, or X-over, as they, they write it. Uh, they crowned their first ever IWGP Women's Champion, and it was Kyrie Sane, now known just as Kyrie. Who will be now defending the 
IWGP Women's Championship at Wrestle Kingdom. Nice. It's exciting. Yeah, and we know she's a great worker, so should be a solid match. Not sure I'm going to know who the name, the person that she's fighting, even when it's announced, but. Stop there before it gets too bad. <laughs> well, it's going to get bad when I start talking about the last piece of news because I'm not going to be able to fucking say it. Kanasuke Takeshita is officially all <laughs> elite. Yeah, that's how you say it, bro. <laughs> is it not? I think it's Takashita. Take a big shitta. Yeah. All right. No, he's officially all elite, and that happened during the zero hour of the pay per view. I'm I'm cool with it. I'm excited. I, I I was a fan of him. I was kind of sad to see him go. You know, there's a lot of things you could say about AEW. I like him being there. Problem is, there's a lot of people there. There there is there is. Uh, maybe they should just keep him off We've TV for a while. Change his name. <laughs> then come back. <laughs> Ooh, Kanasuki took a shitta. Oh my god, he lost weight. Everybody, <laughs> let me see that tootsie shitta. Yeah, that was fucking I'm terrible. Proud of my thing. All right, I'll well, give that a two. Um, actually, you know what? I'm gonna put this last one out myself. Um, earlier today, day of recording, WWE announces that they are gonna do a press conference post Survivor Series. Well, that doesn't sound like they're trying to do a media scrum. No, right? Exactly. Press conference. Sounds more official. Which, hang on, for the fact that they're announcing it. It's going to be The Rock. What? That's what I'm thinking. If Bloodline prevails at Survivor Series, Rock. Dude. I mean, but you also want the crowd pop. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good call. Maybe he shows up during the match or after the match, gets the pop, and then shows up at the press conference. I could be okay with that. All right. Well, let's see what happens. It'd be something fun to watch. Speaking of you not watching anything. All right. So this past weekend, we did have the AEW full gear on Saturday night. Plus, we also had the New Japan Stardom crossover event. Most notably is what we already brought up about Will Ospreay retaining and now being challenged by Omega. Set to go. Now, I have one thing I got to bring up to you. Last Wednesday, I was like, all right, the go-home show for full gear. I'm going to be excited. Let's watch it. You know what the most disappointing thing was? Completely shitting on what opportunity you had. You had Captain Insano. You had Big Show, Paul White. You had Captain Insano, and you wasted him on that music video. Nothing in front of a live crowd. You could have did it at Full Gear where they walked out with you instead of Billy Gunn. Yeah. Just a very wasted opportunity because Captain Insano shows no mercy, and you had the opportunity there, and you fucked it up. All right. (laughs) I am actually mad. As soon as I saw it, I was like, that's a wasted opportunity. Say so did I. I saw it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Why did you just do that instead of doing something yep, meaningful? It's just with it? like we just did it to get it out of the way so people quit asking for it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, in the right. first, yep. In in the zero hour, 
Best friends, Rocky Romero and Dan Housen defeated the factory. No one watched. No one cared. Ricky Starks moved on in the Eliminator Tournament in the uh, in the semifinals, defeating Brian Cage. Now, now he was supposed to face. Well, they were supposed to have the finals at full gear, but due to Ricky Starks' injury, they moved it to Wednesday. If that doesn't tell you that Ricky Starks is about to win this tournament, I don't know what does. But also, two more things. One, I have him in the draft in our uh, thing. Uh, Secondly, it makes sense because Starks versus MJF, perfect setup. Yeah, yeah, I completely blew my call on that one, so, yep. MJF and I, I, God damn it! I think I called this one you too. Did. But you did. I, I, yeah, I will, yeah, we'll put it. Go ahead, put it in there. Chalk it up. But I will say, um, that's a perfect setup for MJF to win the, or I'm sorry, to retain in a match. First uh, championship match that he retains in is against Starks. And it's funny, you know, when MJF came to the ring and he took off his robe, they're like, he looks in great shape. First thought came to my mind was the last time I seen this dude wrestle. Last time I seen this guy with his shirt off in wrestling was double or nothing against Wardlow, where he took the 17 power bombs. Next night was the, or next thing was the, you fucking mark. He won the ladder match wearing all black and a mask. It's the first match he's actually done. This guy's got the easiest schedule of all time. Yeah, he never wrestles. (laughs) That's <laughs> part of being a heel. If you could talk in the mic, you don't need to wrestle. I think that's fantastic. That's something I would try to be. Um, Eddie Kingston then also defeated in the Zero Hours final match, June Akiyama, which I thought was kind of big because um, him defeating him, that's a Noah or yeah, N-O-A-H, Noah Wrestling legend. Mm. Um, guy who has wrestled against your Kobashis, your Misawas, all those guys. Kingston went into fucking tears at the end of the match because he, as many people know, he is a Japanese wrestling connoisseur, lover. He loves that kind of wrestling, bases his wrestling off that. Pay attention to a lot of his stuff. A lot of it looks like Kenta Kobashi, his slaps, his chops, his moves. Very cool. I liked it. But on to 50, 54 more other matches that were on for the night. <clears throat> now, here's the deal. I tried going live. Some of you may have caught that. I I know that uh, some people had because we were messaging, but my, my internet went to shit and I gave up. So I stopped live tweeting during the thing because I just couldn't keep up to date. I didn't want people like, yeah, that happened 10 minutes ago, Mark. So let's go down the list of what happened. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I didn't write that to be, well, you actually, you put it in there, ODM, but that's the exact name he went as on the name tag that goes across when you're coming out and he addressed it during the media. Yeah, it, whatever, dude. It was a fucking, it was a pic, it was a graphic. And he addressed it during the media scrum. I have an issue with him with him during media scrum. Most guys came out dressed, showered, ready to go, like come to the media scrum. You still have blood on his face. I'm like, you were the opening match. Bro. Yeah, right. 
What are you Why doing are you the still wearing time? the blood on your face? Like, were you like, <laughs> I'm wearing this with a badge of courage? <laughs> um, and he addressed that he didn't want to get noticed on the indies by the Luke Perry name, you know, his father. And he wanted to just, Jungle Boy is what who he was. Obviously, Jim Ross screwed that whole thing up because <laughs> he couldn't keep the name separate. That's the only reason he's doing it now. Just so they don't have to worry about Jim Ross. Even if so, I actually kind of like Jungle Boy Jack Perry. There's no, there's nothing wrong with it. It's like Brett the Hitman Hart. I kind of like Jungle Boy Jack Perry. It's his own name. We're good with it. It's the size of him kind of works. It's perfect how it's all set up. Um, he did defeat Luchasaurus in the cage match. A lot of weird shit in this match. Um, they fought outside. They fought inside. There was blood within six minutes of the match starting. You know, mm-hmm. AEW. But Jungle Boy Jack Perry did prevail, did get the win, as we assumed he would, and Christian was kicked to the ring, uh, kicked out of ringside. Not the first person that will not only be talking about being kicked out of the ringside, but in fashion, we have two really decent ones. This one, he was dragged out by like five security guards. <laughs> the second match, we have... Death Triangle defending the trio's titles against the elite. The the elite. I was digging the the comeback at how they were doing that. They had the um, that's something that happened last Wednesday, but the countdown clock and prevailing it was gonna be them. Alright, I'm there. Let's see what happens. And they have a video package, the clock, they have this. Then all of a sudden, Kansas begins. Carry on my wayward son. And out loud, I go, ah, fuck me. I don't know why. I'm like, you guys just ruined a good song. But I have a couple of things behind this, and I'm going to get behind that, and I'll see where you're going. First, I can't not hear that song and not think of Randy Marsh playing it on a regular like, regular guitar, and they're like, oh, it's way better on Guitar Hero. That's gay, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, I decided to look up the lyric, not the lyrics, oh. but the meaning to the song. Oh, okay. Is that what you were going to bring up? Uh, pretty much. Please take over. I want you to. It was them calling out punk. Yep. Carry on, my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. <laughs> Don't you cry no more. <laughs> Dude, And that was a fucking slap. I was soaring ever higher, but I flew too high. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a self-recognition. I could give him a touch of that for some reason because they that was one part where Matt was singing hard and looking in the air, and I was like, I don't know why I'm just taking that in. Maybe I'm taking for the moment that it was. Whatever it is, it was a message. Did you expect these fuckers to lose? Yes. I didn't. Yes. I didn't. Well, let me put it no this way. way. It was it was wishful thinking. Because okay. hopefully No, no. No, that's wishful, but like yeah, I was because, like, ah, they're coming back, taking the titles. Right, because exactly, because if it was that, hey, we're back, titles are back on us, then it would have been like, all right, well, fuck these guys then for real. Um yeah, they were into it because Kansas tweeted about the Bucks using their song. Like, they were going back and forth on Twitter, so, yeah. Like, in a good way or a bad way? Good way, yeah. Oh, okay. Because earlier today, before no, recording, 
BTE did uh, drop. Oh. And at that part, you don't hear that song. You hear another song playing over it because they probably didn't have the rights. They probably bought the rights for one night. Here's here's $1,500 for one night for us to play this over a loudspeaker. Yeah. And Kansas is like, well, we haven't had a hit in fucking 45 years. <laughs> I never liked Kansas anyway. I did like Dust in the Wind. Th- that song can go into the jukebox of songs never to be played again right next to fucking uh, Piano Man. Wow. And Sweet Home Alabama. Your wife's not around because she she requests that song every time. And American Pie. Oh, fuck American Pie. (laughs) I knew I'd get you eventually. (laughs) Fuck American Pie. Taking a quick detour. While traveling in the RV a couple summers ago, I'm at this campground. I'm playing, and this one person goes, can you do American Pie? I go, oh, I can't do all nine minutes of that. And this kid goes, it's actually only six minutes. I go, it's like nine minutes and like 30 seconds. Or like, I'm like, I know what the fuck it is. Like, I was dead on with it. And he was like, uh, it's not. You ever want to punch a 13-year-old kid in the face when you're in your 30s? But yeah. it's not your kid? Uh, I'm pretty sure I've done it, actually. <laughs> All right. Now, I didn't expect Death Triangle to win. But I liked how they did it with Phoenix cheating my issue was later in the night they said ladies and gentlemen did you like that match we're about to show it to you six more fucking times because there's no way it's not going to happen in the best of four it's happening in seven come on i've seen omega and pack three times i've seen bucks and lucha brothers 30 between all the different promotions between pwg triple a um, everywhere. Are you shitting me? I I am not looking forward to seeing that for the next six, seven weeks. You know, you know what it is? It's probably Tony Khan's way of probation. Like, all right, you guys will do a best of seven. If you guys can behave yourself and not cause any more trouble, I'll put the titles back on you. <laughs> I still hate it. I agree. I agree. I was so and never higher. <laughs> All right, you know what's really funny? Make trying to make yourself look like a badass, and then exposing yourself that you're not a badass. All right, Nyla Rose came out in Eddie Guerrero style. She had Vicky there with her. Vicky had the shirt "I am your mommy." Um, they had the low rider, very awesome. Loved it. She went right in the crowd, got in everybody's face, but the crowd was cheering her. Man, like I'm, she's over. I, I think she's. It's it's a shame. They didn't take the Nyla Rose ship when they needed to. Right. You know, this is just my own personal guess in a fucked up way. I don't think they were ready to defend as many transgender um, consequences or comments. And they're like, well, we don't need that kind of publicity. Let's just kind of go this road. They can act like they're all there for it. But at the same point, are they? Maybe or maybe just Kenny had too much power and decided to make his uh, Japanese baby doll a fucking champion. Riho. So, Jade Cargill came out as a I don't know some some thing she was dressed at I I don't know what was it Do you know what it was like a pussycat doll some shit I don't know Yeah I I didn't remember seeing it so uh, yeah I know she did the Riddler 
the one that we watched, and she had all that green face paint that was hard to see, and then it kept rubbing off. <laughs> yeah, it was great. That was before I fell asleep. It was. So anyway, um, Jade came out with this real big, what looked like a bamboo stick. It was supposed to break it over her knee. She's holding it in the center. And as she goes to grab it, to break it over her knee, you see the split that's already there. There was never, it was never fucking put together. It was just two totally different sticks. And I was like, oh, oh, that was bad. Oh my God. I saw that way too clear. Way too goddamn clear. She broke nothing. It's like, she was like, I don't want to damage my knee or someone backstage was like, ah, maybe don't damage your knee. Pre-break that ahead of time. But I would have at least hot glued that bitch together. Yeah. You do it with your tables. You can see when a table when a table goes so evenly split down the middle, I'm like, well, that was like duct tape together at the bottom. <laughs> this was horrible. Yeah. I was didn't say, like it. At least with Brian Cage and the ladder when he ripped that apart, at least it looked good. Of course it was fucking gimmicked, but at least it looked right. good. Thank you. It's kind of like when Mick Foley went through the cage, not the first time, but the second time against Triple H Uh at No Way Out 2000. You saw plastic zip ties that were in the ring. You're like, well, that's how that part of the cage was holding up the whole Mm -hmm. time. Like, you zoomed in just too much. So, Jade retains. Chris Jericho defended and retained against Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara. I'm not going to lie. First, I'm a I'm a Sammy Guevara drafter in my league, so right. I only wanted him to win for that. And there were some moments where I actually was like, oh, my God, he's going to do it. There were some good moments. And in the very end, at the end of the night, after Jericho retained a couple segments later, Jericho goes, hey, Guevara is a competitor. He's been with me for three years. I expected nothing less of him. They played it right off, which I was like, okay, cool. You don't have to do the whole he turned on Jericho because um, he did multiple times in the match. But oh, yeah. it was you're fighting for the Ring of Honor title. And now he's fighting Tamahiro Ishii tonight on Dynamite for the Ring of Honor title. Meh. All I know is final battle is December 11th. No, 10th, the night of my birthday. Saturday, December 10th. And I have no idea what's coming. I mean, FTR, your tag team champions. Who are they? What are you going to do? Just another FTR Briscoes just because you don't have anything else? You have no other Ring of Honor talent. And you keep showing them on Dynamite too much that you're ruining your Dynamite television by... I'm going to move on because I'm, I'm actually going to grab the hole and get upset. Um, Soraya defeated Britt Baker. Look. I knew they were going to. They were going to play to her neck. They were going to drop her on her neck like 74 times and be like, oh my God, but why are they doing that to her neck? She's already dead. She's already dead. Oh my God. Speaking of Kenny, or speaking of that, um, during the, uh, the trios match, Kenny was taking like a mul- like multiple hits from Death Triangle, and Jr. goes, but he's as you guys know, Kenny's already dead. And I was like, <laughs> "Wow, Jr. with a really decent fucking reference. Yeah. Good for you, man." Had to bring that back. Thank you. As soon as you say he's already dead, I'm like, "Oh, good, good cover." Um, she looked good. My favorite part of the match, Zach 
uh, Zodiac, which is her brother. He is a wrestler in the UK. We talked about him and her in the Fighting With My Family movie. She got the contract. He didn't. They put him front row and made him kind of a part of the match where Britt kind of brought Soraya over, beating her ass in front of him. And and he's like, come on, you got this, sis. It was really cool because take out the storyline for the moment. His sister has been out for over five years, couldn't wrestle. Her livelihood was taken away and she made it to the big time. Him being there to cheer her on all of it. I took it just as it was. I loved every bit of it. And she went over on Britt Baker. Kudos to Britt for doing the job and making her look good. I'm actually excited to see her back. It was it was it was watching some old school page matches. Some of her stuff that she was doing, I was like, oh yeah, she did do that move. Fuck, that's right. Where she does like a Half a figure four turns you over and then lifts your arms from the back, like cradling you in the air. Um, like oh, she was just almost. such. Hey, no, it was hot. Anyway, um, I did not. All right, so the the dynamite they they had a double, triple, quadruple down. They're like, do you gonna have a much is enough uh, enough matches for a full gear? Here's another one for for you. Samoa Joe would face powerhouse Hobbs and defending TNT champion Wardlow. I was like, all right, just big meaty men. That's what we're going with. Let's do this. <laughs> Samoa Joe as a heel is the shit. He's the best. Samoa Joe. I know you said it. You yep. already said it. Giving you that credit. After what looked to be Wardlow giving the like fifth power bomb in the symphony hits or Samoa Joe hits him with the title and just puts on the Coquita clutch to powerhouse Hobbs who can't answer shit because he's knocked out and he's a double champion. When I tell you, I threw my hands in the air multiple times tonight, like a straight, like, Whoa, like you shitting me. Death triangle winning was the first. The second was this right here. Did not expect Samoa Joe becoming a double champion. I was thinking powerhouse Hobbs or an obvious Wardlow retaining. My thought process behind Wardlow retaining could be a contender for MJF. Go back to your storyline of War Pig, yada yada, and whatever the case is. Love Samoa Joe being a double champ. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I'm wondering if he's going to drop like the ROH TV title. Merge them. Fucking merge them. Yeah, fucking merge them. There you go. Yeah, just make it fucking, just make it the AEW TV title. Call it that. Two matches on the card were not title matches. Two to three. That's it. Yeah, right. That says something. Okay. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago? You and I, we well, no, this is, hang on. This is going to be just you and I off the air in a way, but I guess I'll bring it to light. We started talking about our categories, what we're going to use for the upcoming awards, for the top of wrestling awards for 2022. We have one that is very set to a category. We thought one man was going to take it. I'm not going to give it away. But one man that I think should be done wrestling at the end of this year 
is Sting. I love him. I love the nostalgia of him. I was never a Sting mark. I never was a WCW guy, so I couldn't be as much of a mark as, as to him as I could have been for other guys. However, you know, he, he the little guy in WCW was my Bret Hart. So I was fine with where I was going. Plus, fucking sharpshooter over the Scorpion Deathlock any day. Fuck all of you. Anyway, um, this match showed a lot of weaknesses. And the finish could have been clean and clear and done. It was supposed to be Jay Lethal doing his cutter, as he does, where he'll go to the ropes, do a handspring, bounce back, give you the RKO. Sting's body couldn't hold him, and they both just collapsed backwards to the ground. Uh And Darby flew in the ring. You see him whisper to both guys real quick. Like, like it was like one whisper, like, goes up, does a coffin death drop, covers it, and wins. It looks like it was supposed to happen, but you knew goddamn well to anybody who is not an idiot. That's not what was supposed to happen. Sting looked, to me... Like Undertaker did after WrestleMania 30. He looked Oof. like he was concussed. He didn't know where he was. It didn't look good. I'm sorry, man, but I'm asking you now, before it gets real messed up, I like what you've done. You've been a great help to Darby Allen, but there's no one that's turning tuning in weekly to AEW to watch Sting. Be a manager, be a mentor, be a backstage help. I don't give a shit what you do. Stop wrestling. Yeah. And I was impressed with him all the way up until... Just recently. Just hang it up, my man. Yeah, it's time. It was time a while ago. It was fun at first, but like you said, you know, we don't mind just sticking around. It's good to see you. But uh, maybe uh, hang up the boots. Which is really sad considering in like six weeks time, we're going to be covering one of the worst matches that he's ever had of his life. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of up to par. I said, if you are going to pull the trigger on Jamie Hayter, you need to do it now. Get it done now before the ship has sailed. And they did it. Now, I have theories on this. I think you're probably not happy with it. It's only an interim championship is kind of how, A, I'm looking at it. But, B... You have room where I think you could bring Thunder Rosa back very soon and have a three-way with all three of them. You're not a fan of Jamie Hayter winning, but it's not... How all, how late were they on Thunder Rosa? How late were they on certain tag team champions? You know what I'm saying? Like, this was kind of the right time. I don't agree. I still think she's just still too fresh and... Tony Storm, you know, was supposed to be this big deal, and I, they really haven't given us a reason to care about her. So, like, why take it off of her before you give her a chance to do something of substance? I just, I don't it's get funny. it. Like, I just, it doesn't work for me. It's not that she, Hater's not over. It's not that she's not good. It's just, I don't think it was time. And if you did that for everybody that showed some promise, you'd be fucking changing, the title would be changing hands every fucking two weeks. I don't get why Thunder Rosa has not been stripped by now, but the uh, a, a great thing the night of full gear, shout out Nightwing, goddamn. Sometimes you send things I'm like, 
what does this naked girl have to do with anything about wrestling? <laughs> um, but no, Oscar looked good. No, but secondly was he sent it was uh, AEW tonight is going to be revealing their new Fight Forever video game. And then someone had commented, yeah, Tony's <laughs> going to come out tonight and say, we have an interim game coming out instead because we're not ready for this one. I was like, yo, that dude's good. I'm jealous that he stole that comment before I could have thought of it in my brain. That was good shit. Kudos to that guy. But, yeah, Oscar looked good. All right, man, in the tag team title match, uh, the acclaim did retain over Swerve in Our Glory. I was wrong, okay? I thought that maybe Keith Lee would do the turn. Keith Lee did not turn. Actually, Swerve pissed off Keith Lee so much that Keith Lee was like, deuces, dude, you're on your own for the rest of the match. And the acclaimed retained in what is kind of a backyard for them. You know, I mean, they're from the New York area, so it was a a pretty big pop. Billy Gunn is over as shit. As soon as he appeared, the crowd went nuts i'm like this Mm -hmm. dude was not this over ever i mean his badass billy gun smoking gun the ass man banging billy and chuck all that stuff he has never been this over all of a sudden he appears when the crowd's like badass billy gun we love you daddy ass (laughs) and i like it it's so weird main event is one way to put it yeah well main event rolls around MJF comes to the ring <laughs> and motorboats some blonde lady that is not his fiance. I've seen her. I've seen him kiss her. This was not his fiance, but he motorboated the shit out of some chick at ringside. Guy was off and running. And the match, I think at some points went a touch too long. But if you didn't get to see it, you don't know what happened. The ending, which has been talked about, is he finally pulls out the dynamite diamond ring from his trunks, gets it on his pinky, getting ready to sock Moxley, because not one but two referees are down at this point. And Regal comes to the ringside and says, Don't you dare, you son of a bitch. Or something like that. I don't know. You dirty rat. Whatever he said to him. Anyway, MJF throws the ring at ringside, like down near the entranceway, and flips off Regal. And at that exact moment, I knew. I knew. And this is the final time of the night where I put those hands in the fucking air. And Regal reaches into the inside of his pocket and hands him. The brass knocks, and I go, thank you, God, I was right on that one. And he ends up winning the AEW World Championship. As we said, it should be done. I'm glad it happened. I know you did not get to see a lot of things. So let me ask you, um, I my, look, I hate to say it, but <laughs> I was right. <laughs> that's all I got to say about everything. Um, that's really the end of the day. Everything I could really say. What are you feeling about the end of full gear, the pay-per-view, the outcomes? Yeah, it's weird, man. You know, so I don't, I, you know, I've said this before, like I don't mind a heel regal. I, you know, and I don't even really mind seeing the two of them together. It's just that MJF is such a good mouthpiece. Why do we need regal there? We don't need that. Um, 
I'm interested to see where it's going from here. Uh, I'm glad MJF has the title. Again, I, he was another guy I didn't think he needed to rush it, but we were certainly getting close uh, to the point of, you know, it, it needs to be done just because he's ready. Um, you know, so I, I'm glad the title's on him. You know, it's not unexpected. The, the, the media scrum promo he cut was fucking great. Um, like I said, interested to see where it goes from here. I'd like to see him wrestle more like you mentioned. Everything else is up in the air. Uh, thank God the uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry feud with Turnosaurus is over. Uh, let's see where we can go from here. Uh, the Elite, okay, who cares? Uh, trio's title, who cares? Uh, Jade Cargill still holds the title, no big surprise. Uh, Jericho, I don't want him on my TV. Hopefully, Black, like you said, Blackpool Combat Club does break up. So we get more Danielson and Castagnoli kind of on their own. Danielson can be a heel. He should be going back to that. Uh, good to see Soraya back. Good to see Samoa Joe back. Hopefully we, he sticks around because it seems like he just came out of nowhere and won the TNT title. He's barely been on TV, you know, so hopefully that sticks around. I'm with you, Sting. Retire, Darby. Get a good program where you can work by yourself. Uh, we talked about Jamie Hayter and uh, the tag team titles. Uh, okay, it claims over. Let's run with it. We have not had a real decent heel as your AEW champion for a while. No. Now is your chance to pull a Darby Allen going for the world championship. He doesn't have to win. Right. But him and MJF had a great match. No bullshit. Last year at full gear. Right. Let him go round two. Absolutely. So this Saturday night, we'll bring up what we at least know for Survivor Series as of this recording. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy that this is actually happening and very little of a build, I would say, for a pay-per-view. For War Games, it's there. But for as a full-blown pay-per-view, right? there's four matches that are listed right now. I'm going to list them all. AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. Ronda Rousey defending against Shotzi Blackheart, and then the women's and men's War Games matches. I know each one of those could last a good 40 minutes, but add a little bulk. If they don't have an elimination match, it's a goddamn lock. Oh, that's yeah, that's what I was saying, unless there's a battle royal or something. Good luck with that. Yeah, it shows over. As I already alluded to earlier, it is the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus, which is uh, Butch and Rich Holland and Drew McIntyre and now Kevin Owens taking on the Usos, Solo Sokoa, Sammy Uso, and Roman Reigns. It was great because this past week, Sammy guaranteed victory and Jay backstage was like, what? who the hell are you to speak to everybody and say what we guarantee? Are you saying we're going to lose? Well, no, then I did the right thing. <laughs> Can't argue so with that. Good. He's so fucking good. Every time I see him do his clap handshake with Jay Uso or Jimmy Uso, I laugh every time. It's just, it's so good. Who needs to turn on him first would probably be Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, you know, that makes he's the most been playing sense. him the whole time. It would be perfect. Um, but the women's war games is damage control, which is uh, Sky and Kai with uh, Bailey, as well as Nikki Cross and now Rhea Ripley taking on Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Mia Yim, 
Bianca Belair and which right now is a giant question mark. I am going to go ahead and say it's Becky Lynch. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Makes yeah. no sense. That is Survivor Series. Hopefully it's something worth watching. That is a Saturday night pay-per-view. Hey, we appreciate them. I appreciate a good Saturday night pay-per-view. I'll watch them then. Well, it is that time. Get the wood. Bill's Mafia style. Get the fucking tables. Just bring it, bitch. You know, speaking of get the tables, I thought one of the funniest things, I don't know if it was a real tweet or not, but Detroit Lions. Yes. <laughs> it was a real tweet. Was that a real tweet? Yep. Yep. Do you know verbatim what it was? Uh, so, uh, for those of you who don't know, the Bills game got moved uh, impromptu like two days before the game. Uh, Buffalo got they had a Josh like, Allen size of snow. Yeah, yeah it's, they got six feet of snow, so... Uh, they had, they decided, uh, the NFL decided to play in Detroit for those two teams. So they did that. And, uh, the bills tweeted that out and the Detroit lions tweet in reply. Hey, the, uh, the, the, the important phone numbers are by the phone. (laughs) Make sure you lock up when you leave and turn the lights off and please leave the tables as they were found. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling yeah. you, man, the day they win a Super Bowl, I'm going through one. But it's te- it, what's so funny is watching Bill's Mafia fans go through a plastic table. I'm like, well, that was your fucking first problem right there. Yeah. The best part Every is. Every time they do a plastic one, I'm like, nope, nope. Unless you're landing dead middle with mm-hmm. all your weight, no way it's happening. I uh, Well, you look at the size of some Bill's fans, that's not going to be a problem. Um, my favorite are the when people brick. Like how many concussions and hospital visits have there been? Because I've seen some that are fucking brutal. Because people will do power bombs. There was one where a guy fell like face first and he just slid and his arms didn't move for a second. I wouldn't he didn't trust get paralyzed. Outside, I would not trust the greatest wrestler in the world to slam me through a table outside yeah. of the Bills game. I will put myself through it. When they win, I will film it and put it on our page. That's not until February. Did you know today is the anniversary that Big Show turned? Son of a bitch. (laughs) Isn't every day the anniversary of Big Show turning? (laughs) I swear to God, I came up today and I had nothing else to actually give you. And I go, well, (laughs) it's topical. Jesus, I think he's turned three <laughs> times in AEW already. Captain Insano shows no mercy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> what is it? Hang on. Uh, who's who's your favorite wrestler? Well, recently he was pre- he was kind of previously discourteous to me, but I have to say Captain Insano. Uh, Insano. <laughs> <laughs> and he pokes a guy in the eye. <laughs> Oh, good movie. All right, man. What are you bringing to the table this week? All right. Hey, as usual, I don't have to preface it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Usually, it's just random shit that I come across. What did I send you the other day? It was video 10 reasons why Haku was one of the bad, most badass wrestlers ever. Uh, and then, I, and actually, that came up because before that, I saw 
it was like 30 different people from the wrestling industry, you know, mostly wrestlers say, being asked in shoot interviews, who is the toughest guy in a locker room, you know, through all the years. And all of them were like Tonga, Haku, Mang. And some were like, uh, it, it, it's Mang or Haku, but it, it's Barbarian is a very close second. Uh, you know, there were, there's just some great war stories about him fi- fighting with the police, bar brawls. Um, but it, him also being like one of the nicest people ever. Uh, and then that video that what culture did, you know, they, uh, they set up something weird where they were getting heat with Tamatanga and Haku. You remember that? Yup. So, you know, that, that was fun, but, uh, yeah. And just, that was uh, all pre pandemic. Yes. Yep. Yep. Just before, because I was like, "Ooh, is Tamatanga gonna fuck with Simon Miller? This right. is gonna be kind of cool." Yeah. Yeah, because they were chasing. Yeah, you well, yeah, he was chasing Simon through the parking lot there. Um, I mean, that's why I pop so much when Mang actually gets a win on uh, him and Barbarian have been getting wins lately when we when we've been watching on, on the war. So, yeah, I thought it was just good timing. Uh, Google obviously figured out the uh, algorithm pretty good on that one. And, uh, yeah, Haku, one of the most badass wrestlers ever. He's fucking man. But he wasn't in Body Slam, so. No. But I will say that I remember when he showed up, it was either 2001 or two. Royal Rumble. When I tell you that everyone in my living room marked the fuck out because he came out and he hadn't been in WWF for years because he had been in WCW and then the layover, you know, the weight. Everyone was like, holy shit. It was like an un- like unanimous, unspoken respect. Everyone just loved Ming or Haku, however you knew him back in the day. Um, it, it, it's funny to me because when you sent that the other day, I was like, how funny is it that like 99% of each roster was always scared of this dude? Mm-hmm. But when you see him on TV, he was nowhere near as big as the biggest guy. Yeah. He was definitely like one of the, he was the most feared. Like nobody was fucking with him. There was some shit where I saw WCW didn't fire him. They kept him on for so long because they were scared to fire him. One day he was backstage talking to a couple wrestlers, and like uh, Bischoff and somebody else ro- rolled in and interrupted him, and he's like, I'm "Talking to my friends, apologize." And and Bischoff and the other dude were like, "Oh, uh, we're sorry." <laughs> they just left. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that at my job and see if I can get that kind of respect. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to work out well for you. See, I like what you, you send. You know, you say that, hey, man, this is something I came across, and it's a thing of about Meng. Nightwing is like, here's something I came across. It's a naked picture of Asuka. <clears throat> All right, let's bring wrestler of the week. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts. It's just information about the past. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in a classroom, hoping I was right, thinking about it. Well, pussies like you were back here partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to my goddamn Beatle albums. Oh, oh! Hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? Let me ask you, ODM, are you ready? I... I'm, I've am i been trying to plan my reaction for this. Worst case scenario, I'm probably just going to turn the volume on my mic all the way down and thinking about Asuka while you talk. <laughs> nope, not what I was talking about. But are you ready 
for Super Slam this Sunday because it's John Cena. <laughs> I ruined your bit. Sorry, bud. You kind of did, and you didn't. So I pivoted. I All right, look it. I actually wrote in our notes, this is going to either piss some people off or they're going to be happy with this. You know, like, it, it's you're oh, either you're a fan or you hate John Cena. But I got to be honest with you, me personally, I was that guy that didn't care from him. Or date didn't care from him. But who didn't care for him? From the very beginning. I didn't care for the Doctor of Thugonomics gig. Um, who he is as a wrestler, who he is as a person, who he is to the company. Long term, I'll respect it and then look back at your career and go, okay, all right, never mind. You know, I, I may have been wrong. And I think a lot of us have when we really, really look at John Cena. A lot of people were pissed because he was given the... People were like, oh, it's, it's him with his golden shovel just the way that Triple H had. Nah. Look at everybody. Every era had their Hulk Hogan. We watched Steve Austin run through everybody. Hulk Hogan, John Cena. Now it's basically Roman Reigns. If you in the last several years or Brock Brock Lesnar. But let's run down who John Cena is. We know he is from West Newberry, Massachusetts. Did you know ODM? He was trained by none other than Fit Finley. And Christopher Daniels. Wow. Yeah. Thought the same thing. And there is a very specific crew that came out of Ohio Valley Wrestling, which is the OVW4. That is Brock Lesnar, Batista, Randy Orton, and John Cena. They all came from the same class in 2002. Now, he was a world champion in OVW and a tag team champion with... Rico, we all remember him being with the with Billy Gunn and uh, Chuck at one point. But in 2002, in June, the most infamous promo we all remember. What is your name and why are you here? John Cena, ruthless aggression. Him and Kurt Angle in the ring is introduce or his introduction to SmackDown. A couple weeks later, uh, well, a couple months later, let me say that, becomes the doctor of thugonomics due to how well he did on the 2002 Halloween special of SmackDown. He dressed as Vanilla Ice and did a tremendous rap, and they were like, oh, shit, we got a white boy who can rap. <laughs> Could Word you life. do that weekly? Look at I'm just paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure that's exactly the conversation backstage. <laughs> Problem is, is that at this point, John was too good to boo. That's the issue with some of your guys who are so good on the mic. That's why Austin was. Everybody's like, well, Austin is because it was fighting the boss. No, man, he was saying swear words and all that shit. You know, it was it was the things you can't say, and that's why we liked Austin. That's why we right. like those guys. Cena was that guy. His raps couldn't be touched. They were really, really good. He had some great ones. My favorite one, I believe, was at Royal Rumble 2003. Yo, Billy Gunn, 
your style or my style is like a swollen penis. You just can't beat it. I don't know why, but that's such a good fucking line. <laughs> hey, Max Caster versus John Cena. Yo, speaking of, Max went like two rounds. He did his normal amount of bit, and he goes, you guys want another bit? I got more. While coming out to the ring, he did full, two full raps, calling Keith Lee Shrek, and yeah, you know, just the normal. Anyway, here's the deal. He was too good to boo. Everybody loved him. And at that time, he challenged Undertaker and Brock Lesnar in his early years for the WWE title, surprisingly. In late 2003 and in the beginning of 2004, he held the U.S. title. Um, and Oh, I'm sorry. Let me take it back. He won the U.S. title in 2004 against Big Show at WrestleMania 20 and spent the months fighting off guys like Carlito uh, and all those other Carlito and who's it? His Jesus. You had, I want to keep saying Jinder Mahal, and it wasn't him. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Anyway. <laughs> Look at me bringing up my notes today. This we are. Anyway, no. The whole point why I'm bringing this up is because this was a very big transitional year for John Cena. The whole point of him being the U.S. champ is them letting you know he's about to be world champ. Writing was on the wall. You could tell. He was the next big thing. So, we have Royal Rumble 2005. And your final two come down to John Cena and Batista. And they both go over the top rope at the same time and land on the ground at the same time. Cue Vince McMahon (laughs) blowing two quads. Matches were started. Batista gets the win, but John Cena will go on and does face and defeat JBL at WrestleMania 21. What's it, he starts to feud with JBL for the next couple of months, but then what's the big crazy move that they did? And I'm not gonna lie, when they did it, it was like a oh, I didn't expect you to do that. For a couple of years, we have had the WWF draft between Raw and SmackDown. In 2005, the first person drafted was going to be shown on the Jericho show. What's this show? The Y2J. God damn it. I'm just losing it today. I wasn't ready. Jericho show and the first draft of the 2005 Bringing over to Raw guy was WWE champion John Cena. In turn, the next night or for SmackDown, they put Batista on SmackDown. So you swapped your championships and your men. So now you have John Cena is going to feud over the next couple of months with Chris Jericho, Christian before he leaves the company and heads to TNA, and Kurt Angle. And then spends a giant chunk of his time feuding with Edge. Now, here's where you knew that John Cena was officially done being over. His official boos and people being pissed and done with him were at WrestleMania 22. One year later, after he beat JBL, he taps out. 
Triple H at WrestleMania 22 in the final, or in the main event. And the crowd officially went to straight booze. People were done with Cena already. Just over him. One year, that's it. That's all we could take of him. Well, we have short-minded people, man. They're like, that's all we could take. Half a year. Move it on. Um, But after that, he ends up dropping the title in one of the more infamous moments of all time. ECW's One Night Stand with RVD in a crowd that wanted to literally have Cena's head on a stick and roasted over a fire. Well, the problem is that Sabu and RVD got caught with some weed in the car, and they ended up having to drop all their titles, and, or, well, just basically RVD had to drop his titles. Edge ends up winning the title back, and now him and Cena are going to feud for the next several months to finish out the year. But where things got a little more interesting for me that I liked is that he started to push new talent. You got your Umagas. Umaga came in and he the 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 Samoan bulldozer as Armando Alejandro Estrada would tell you as he would be. But, you know, no one could beat Super Cena. On to the next one. And that's where we end up getting Shawn Michaels and John Cena at WrestleMania. This match is kind of infamous because Sean wasn't happy that Cena didn't sell. And this is true stories, interviews. He was not happy that Cena didn't sell a lot of his injuries as he's making his comeback and making his win and becoming Super Cena and taking his whatever, you know, potion that made him overcome (laughs) 74 super kicks. And he would hold that title for all the way until October 2007. Now, we did have a a great rematch with him in England. We've talked about that before. Great 45-minute classic. But I will never forget the night that John Cena tore his pectoral muscle on Raw against Ken Kennedy, which is Ken Anderson, Mr. Kennedy, however you want to look at him. But that Sunday is the pay-per-view. John Cena versus Randy Orton. What are we going to do? I will never forget McMahon being in the ring going, John Cena has been injured and is out of action. You want to hear a crowd reaction losing their (laughs) fucking minds? You would have thought, like, Owen Hart just came back from the dead. They were like, yeah! They loved it. I'm like, god damn, at the expense of this dude tearing his pectoral muscle. That's a fucked up thing to do. Now, that night was a great pay-per-view because Orton won, lost, won, lost, won, and lost, and then re-won the title with Triple H. There was like a bunch of handoffs throughout 50, one 50 night. 50-50 booking. Oh, welcome to WWE. And most people thought, all right, this guy's out for a while. And isn't this dude number 30 in the Royal Rumble in Madison Square Garden? Yep. Everybody's shocked. And he wins. But he says, no, 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 no. I don't want to wait all the way to WrestleMania to face Randy Orton. I'll face him at No Way Out first. And loses that match. Dick. That's what you get. And we were like, good. He won't be in the main event of WrestleMania. That boy was going. He was like, good. I wanted to see him in the main event. Well, no. It still ended up being Orton, Triple H, and Randy Orton at the main event. But the good news, 
Randy Orton still retained in that match. But if you don't remember, this is where things got a little different for Cena. He stepped out of the title picture for a minute. I know you weren't watching the Mike Adamley era ODM, but let me just tell you, you're lucky. <laughs> if you want to like have several chicken nugget back, like batches in one night and watch it, good stuff. This guy thought Jeff Hardy's name was Jeff Har- Jess Har- Harvey uh, called SummerSlam Summerfest. <clears throat> good shit. Anyway, okay. he Top ended match. up making a match. Yeah, he was good. He was good. <laughs> um, he ended up making a match between Cena and Batista at SummerSlam, which was billed to be a pretty big match. Problem is, in that match, John Cena, uh, John Cena, John Cena suffered a herniated disc in his neck. Thanks due to a power bomb from the top rope and put him out of action for several months also took him out of the championship scramble the match that had CM Punk be booted out by Randy Orton insert Chris Jericho the match was already up in the air kind of makes you wonder <clears throat> if Cena was to win originally with that world title picture because Two months later, at Survivor Series 2008, in Boston, his hometown, he wins the world title against Chris Jericho, who at this time is coming off of probably Jericho's hottest and best feud of all time against Shawn Michaels. Drops the title to John Cena. And from there, to me... As a guy who was heading to WrestleMania 25, I wanted anything I could to not see John Cena in one of my world title pictures. The month before, at Elimination Chamber, John Cena doesn't, or John Cena's in a match, but Edge sneaks his way in by beating up Kofi Kingston and locks himself in a pod <laughs> and Great eliminates moment. John Cena before the match is long over. Now guaranteeing a world champion. A new world champion. God damn, it was awesome. It was like one of those moments where you're like, oh! The crowd went nuts because they were like, anybody but Cena. <laughs> right. And Edge won. Carried the title to WrestleMania where John Cena regains it against him and Big Show in a triple threat that was based around him holding both guys on his shoulder at the same time. It's the only reason that match happened. That's how I felt about it. I don't care. We'll move on. Lost the title about a month later. For the summer of 2009, he spent a good amount of time feuding with Randy Orton. They had a Hell in a Cell match, Iron Man match, and an I Quit match. Has the title heading into December of 2009, and that is what I brought up to you guys a couple of weeks ago, where he puts over a very green rookie in Sheamus in a tables match, which is still controversial to this day. And he ends up regaining this championship at Elimination Chamber. And to only a couple of minutes later, and goddamn ODM, do you remember, you know, Pineapple Jacks? To oh, yeah. Rochester. Oh, listeners. yeah. Some good shows I there. Pop, I was at this, this establishment watching this pay-per-view, and I watched John Cena 
regain the the championship that he lost several months ago in the chamber. I'm like, eh, whatever. I got to go out and call the girl. I'm going to go make a call. <laughs> and I hear the place going absolutely fucking nuts. I go, what? And I come back in, and Batista is holding a WWE championship above his head. Huh? What did I miss? Yeah. Vince McMahon came out and goes, Cena, you have one more fight tonight. And he loses the title to Batista. Why, how, when, where? Don't know why it even happened. Batista wins the title and holds it as a heel, heading into WrestleMania 26, where Cena regains it. And he ends up defending it against Batista for several months until Batista decides to quit the company. But just when you think he can't bury enough people, how about you take not only the NXT winner, but you take all of the NXT rookies and bury them all in one night. That's what John Cena's plan was. Look at Nexus. They fucked him up and CM Punk up on their first night in. And Justin Roberts, respectively. (laughs) (laughs) They did screw Cena over, and he lost the WWE Championship to Sheamus at Fatal 4-Way. So Cena was rightfully upset and want to make a comeback. But when every one of your partners at SummerSlam 2010 are eliminated and you're the only guy facing off against an entire other team, it doesn't mean you're still allowed to win that match. Everybody who's been in Nexus will now tell you. Heath Slater's like, no one understands it. John came in and was like, no, we're changing the match. This is what we're doing. Like It's very well documented. People were pissed. No one was happy with that. It's probably because he was at that point where he was Vince's boy and he had a swollen head, right? Because like now he's he seems, at least seems very grounded. And that's probably because he's not wrestling regularly. But... um. You also got to feel that's with, fair with, with and with the with the sudden and uh, you know all, there's a lot of title changes going on right now with Cena. You got to figure Vince was probably already planning. Yeah, fuck it, he's gonna break Flair's record or he's gonna at least get close. So that's probably well, why and, they were doing it so much. I will say because in a, about five years' time, it looks like he's paying it forward. So I'll get to that. Um, he spends. You know, the next of 2010, joining Nexus and then fighting off being a part of Nexus, even wins tag titles with David Otunga. His most notable parts of 2011 was losing to Miz at WrestleMania because The Rock gives him the rock bottom. Next night on Raw, the Mania or the Raw after Mania, Rock challenges him for 365 days, whatever, how really days later. Yeah. And they're going to now have their main event at WrestleMania one year's time. So now we all have to go, fuck, is this guy going to win a title? What's he going to be doing? Everybody has to now pay attention to everything John Cena is doing throughout this time. And in time, CM Punk is blown up, and now we get the pipe bomb. We get him and uh, Cena at Money in the Bank, as well as SummerSlam, a little bit of Hell in a Cell, at the end of... 2011, John Cena actually tags with The Rock to take on Awesome Truth, which is R-Truth and The Miz. A team I still wish could be brought back. It was, I liked it, just me personally. 
In 2012, he does lose to The Rock at Mania and begins his uh, Rise Above Hate campaign. First, Brock Lesnar shows up the night after WrestleMania and just F5s him, and the crowd loves it. It's like, not only did you lose the night, the match the night before, now you're going to get f 5 by a guy we all anticipated showing up here tonight. Gets the piss kicked out of him at Extreme Rules, but somehow still wins against Brock Lesnar. Has his Rise Above Hate campa- campaign, where he faces off against Lord Tensai, Kane, The Big Show, and of course, John Laryngitis. To where we will now get Once in a Lifetime Part 2. The Rock and Cena at WrestleMania in New York, which is at the MetLife Stadium. Cena wins the title back. Look at to me, as I've already said before, should have been triple threat. When Punk dropped the title and all that shit with Rock, it should have at least been triple threat. Even if Cena won the title, Punk should have been there, not against Taker. I'll digress. This is not Punk's Wrestler of the Week. Yeah. For the next several months after he won the title, what do you do? You take on a guy that is really, really, really over. Ryback. Yeah, there you go. Face Ryback for several months to really follow up with your WWE title. Do you know the first time that many people cared about the WWE title again? was in Mark Henry. A couple of months later, enters a ring in a very salmon-colored jacket and announces his retirement and fucking drops John Cena and says, I got a lot more gas left in this tank. I will never forget where I was. I was prepping my house. It was empty as shit. I was just getting ready to move in. I was just standing there being like, oh, this is the greatest shit I've ever seen. I just never seen Mark Henry play the part as well. Right. Should he have won the title? Yes. Did they give him the title? No. But who does he drop the title to later in that summer? Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. But don't worry. Orton took the title 15 seconds later, so that could not be uh, as long of a reign. And as we know, he feuded with Orton throughout the rest of the year, all the way into TLC where the championships were on the line to make him the undisputed championships. My biggest issue with him for 2014 is coming out of the victor, uh, coming out the victor in his feud with Bray Wyatt. You didn't need to be made. Wyatt needed to be made. You shouldn't have won those matches throughout that time. I think it killed Bray Wyatt. But in 2015, I really saw a great change in John Cena. And I really mean this. He defeated Rusev at WrestleMania 31. Now, to me... Loved how Rusev came out. Ivan Drago style. The Russian National Anthem style going on there. The the uh, the big tanks. All of it. I'm like, this guy can't lose. But Cena, of course. It's in America. The American wins. Super Cena. Yarr. Yeah, Super Cena. But instead of him being Super Cena, he said he was going to do a U.S. Open Challenge. First, it started out with your Cesaros, your Tyson kids, your Sin- your Sinkaras, Cody Rhodes. But then you started getting Sami Zayn's, Kevin Owens, your guys from NXT, to the point that Owens was so over, they made a trilogy of pay-per-view matches with each other in 2015, which, again, look back, Kevin Owens was told, you're never going to go to the main roster. 
I can't say Cena was behind that in any way. But I could also see him being like, well, I don't want to work with him if I don't want to. Sure. You, you know, I mean, it. the picture was there. I was appreciative of what he did with the U.S. title. I was shocked. I didn't expect him to give back and actually have such great matches. He had really good wrestling matches, which was shocking for, you know, John Cena. 2016, he did spend his time mainly battling with guys like AJ Styles, uh, mainly for the WWE title, had a great trilogy against Styles at Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, and then in 2017's Royal Rumble. But 2017 is where John Cena pretty much went part-time. He, you know, that was the first year he decided to tag with his now ex-fiance, Nikki Bella, against... Miz and Maurice at WrestleMania 33. The proposal. (laughs) Oh, that was fun. WrestleMania 34, he posed as a fan until Undertaker would come out and fight him. WrestleMania 35, no one expected the doctor of Thugonomics to come out and battle against Elias. And it was the thing that needed to be done to keep that crowd up and moving before... The women's triple threat. It, it got the crowd reinvigorated to the night, showing home runs from Babe Ruth. It was it was a very big New York thing. Him coming out, loved it. And then the following year was the Firefly Funhouse match against Bray Wyatt. To me, one of John Cena's greatest works of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's not a wrestling match. It was something completely different, and I loved every minute of it. And most notably for his most recent times would be SummerSlam 2021, taking on Roman Reigns, failing to win his record-breaking 17th championship. But let's talk about his championships. Of course, we know that he has been a WWE champion 16 times, a five-time U.S. champion, tag team champion four times, one with The Miz, one with David Otunga, one with Batista, and one with Shawn Michaels. So if you were feuding with John Cena, there was a good chance you were going to be a tag champ with him. He also won Money in the Bank in 2012 and the Royal Rumble in 2008 and 2013. Now, let's quickly just brush over. You know, everybody says this is the next rock when it goes to the film side of things. And I agree. The man really has shifted to... Look at Rock started out with some real shitty, shitty movies. Right. And got better. That's what Cena's done. Cena started out 12 rounds, Marine, Legendary, Fred the Movie, whatever the fuck that was. But then he got into Trainwreck. To me, that movie where he played Amy Schumer's boyfriend, small part, hysterical. Just played a dumb jock. In Sisters, he was a drug dealer. Best part of the movie, Daddy's Home 2. But then, even more so, if you have not seen the movie, Blockers, with him, uh, Leslie Mann. Thanks, honey. My wife's here. Leslie Mann. (laughs) Have Have you seen Blockers? No. He is a father of a daughter who is about to lose her virginity. Uh, He plays it so well. So, so well. Dude, 
Watch blockers. He's great. John Cena is actually, I'm surprised how really good in, in Hollywood he's done. He's in Daddy's Home too. Also was a part of the Fast and Furious movies as he plays Dom Toretto's brother in the Fast 9 movies. Look at the guy all around, you can hate him, as most people probably do, because it's John fucking Cena. But at the end of the day, you cannot discount the things that he's done for the business, the things that he's done for guys who are younger than him who would like to have that stepping stone to head into film. Because, let's be honest, man, wrestling, you're an actor. In a way, you, you're you're not really that pissed at that guy that you're going across the ring from. Very Few times that you've actually punched a guy on purpose, unless you were Braun Strowman and you got to get rocked by Brock Lesnar. <laughs> slow one of my the fuck moments down. ever. I love it. <laughs> slow the fuck down. Right now. All right. Well, hey, the professor's newbie match of the week. I'm going to give you right now one of my favorite matches with John Cena versus Edge, Unforgiven, 2006. For nope. Take it back. Unforgiven two th- Unforgiven 2007 against Edge in a TLC match for the WWE Championship. It took it. God damn it, you're gonna get really mad at this. That- Ladies and gentlemen, the professor's newbie match of the week. It was Unforgiven 2006. My apologies. The years blend together, man. That's when you fine. Have as many chicken nuggets as you've had as me. It just, you know. They all blend together. Failing, failing that, just watch the trio of matches with AJ Styles. Well, I get it. You know what I mean? It's just when you've seen every match of John Cena, five moves of doom, it's all the same thing. Pretty you know? much. There it is. But let's go to the wars. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Or we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day. We got you work for ya. Ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. You've heard the rumor. You've heard the innuendo. It's time to put it all aside and get the facts. Tonight, the controversy comes to an end. Ladies and gentlemen, Brett the Hitman Hart! Come on! I know it's cold in Canada, but it's not that cold here in 
this is ridiculous. It looks just like We didn't know he was short of stature, too. What's the matter, Rob? Do you think this is sinking the new lows? I think <laughs> it's horrible. Just a little joke. Yeah, right. Get the fuck out of here. That wasn't Rick Rude. <laughs> I gotta say, he nailed the fucking voice and the mannerisms. You gotta give him that. <laughs> he did a good job. Poor Harvey. My poor dude. Just did every shit job that the company needed him to do. And he's like, yeah, you need a scrawny, dirtbag, scummy-looking guy Remember right here. Remember at the beginning of the wars, he would just sit at ringside and take notes on the officiating? Oh, my God. <laughs> See, it's funny that we didn't cover the him in love with Bertha Fay era in 94. Oh, boy. There was that. There was that. All right, that. let's keep 97 at least chugging along because we're on the way to Starcade soon. We're on the way to In Your House Degeneration X. Let's break it down. It's funny, I, I like to use that word, man. It had nothing to, nothing to do with the song, but Nailed break it down. It. Yeah, all right. You have to play the intro every week. Grab no, the guitar. Go. <laughs> I'll record it, and you can just use it as a bumper. How about that? <laughs> November 23rd, 1997. It's World War Three, part Trey. Uh, <laughs> Let me ask you a question. How many World War Threes should there be? Well, I mean, you know, not to get all philosophical, I would say zero would be the number, but ultimately, <laughs> there's if there's going to be one, there's going to be one. Could you imagine if there was a Rocky Four, two? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just another movie. It's called Rocky Four, just like the other one. Rocky Four, 97. Touche. <laughs> and now here's Creed. Different name, same thing. Yep, exactly. There you go. Same as it ever was. Creed. You may ask yourself. <laughs> Such a great video. Uh, no Dusty on commentary. Uh, it's Tanay, Shivani, and Heenan. Uh, we open up with Glacier and Ernest Miller versus the Faces of Fear. Uh, Miller had this spot. I've never seen it before, and it was cool as shit. Barbarians on the floor. Mang's on the apron. Ernest Miller springboards off of Mang's chest to the floor to splash Barbarian. It was nasty. Never seen that before. Good spot. And Mang's the one you could do it with. Uh, but fucking A, man. Mang, tongue and death grip into a pin. Faces of fear, get a pay-per-view in. Y'all right there? What are you giggling about? You. You, you might want to think about using a comma or a space or a breath in between things. You go, but fucking A. Well, okay. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Ernest Miller does look a little funny sometimes. Sorry, anyway, just it's the wars. Sorry, yeah, you know what it, it, it is the wars. It wouldn't be the wars if we didn't start off this way. But fucking a. <laughs> well, speaking of butt fucking, Disco Touchholes up next against Saturn for the TV title. Flock gets involved. Saturn retains. Not much else to say there. Let's see. Uh, Gene's backstage. Obviously, he's plugging the hotline. Interview with the Giant. He has a broken thumb. It's on the hand that he uses for the choke slam. Um, 
He says, I can't, I may not be able to choke slam, but I can still throw people over the top, which is funny. <laughs> and we'll talk about that when we get to World War III. Mm-hmm. Next, we get Ultimate Dragon versus Yuji Nagata. If Dragon wins, he gets five minutes in the ring with Sonny Ono. Um, Nagata taps to the Dragon Sleeper, but Ono's causing a distraction. Ref doesn't see it. Ono interferes again, takes a bump. Nagata reverses a move into a pin. Unexpected. Mm. Yeah. You know? I agree. So, But then again, keep in mind that we had another thing with Sonny Ono. That's right. It was with fucking... Uh, Medusa, where if she won, she could destroy yep. the motorcycle. She lost, and she destroyed it anyway. So she rode it out of the arena. Yep. Next, we get Blue Bloods versus the Steiners uh, for the tag titles. Solid match. I mean, all all four participants are good wrestlers. Uh, Steiners retain. Not much else to say. A lot of fun seeing William Regal in two different forms this week. Not yeah, going to lie. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Gene's on the ramp with J.J. Dillon. Uh, he says that Raven is up next, and it may be his last match because in seven months he hasn't signed a contract. He has 24 hours to sign his contract, or he won't be on Nitro, and we may have seen the last of Hang him. on. Hang on. He hasn't... Hang on. He hasn't signed a contract in seven months, and now we're worried about him? It's WCW in 97. You're really going to start questioning the booking? <laughs> I have to. That's why we're doing the wars, man. Exactly. Uh, Gene says Raven isn't the type you would run into at the country club. I don't know if that was just, you know, because that's true, or if he was referencing Johnny Polo. Either way, I thought it was kind of clever. Oh, shit. I swear, never did I think Johnny Polo in every way. I just thought, just not your average. Maybe it's just coincidence. uh, Yeah, it could be. Maybe it's just coincidence. Who knows? Crack a beer before the next one. Uh, it's a big match. Uh, you know, we referenced uh, Raven being up next. He's taking on Scotty the Pirate Riggs. Arr. It's a <laughs> it's a horror. Oh, hey Steve. Uh, it's a Ravens <laughs> rules match. <laughs> There's a pirate on our team. I I fucking love that. There's nothing better than after an hour and like twenty minutes. Wait, there's a pirate on our team. All right, please. I'm sorry. I you know how I go. Yeah, it's all good. It's a Ravens rules match, aka there are no rules. There's a sign in the crowd, and I loved it. It says Scotty Flamingo, Johnny Polo, Raven. Which is it? <laughs> I just thought it was good. Um, we see that we get the debut because call. he was Johnny Flamingo in WWF before, before Johnny Polo becoming Johnny Polo. Yep. Right. Yep. Correct. Just had to, you know, bring my expertise where I could absolutely sh- sprinkle top notch, top notch. Thank uh, you. We get the debut of Lodi. Uh, they never call him out as such, but that's who it is. Do you know why he's called Lodi? Oh Lord, I'm sucking Laudio off. Or something like that? No, because it's it's idle backwards because he looks like Billy Idol. Oh, shit. <laughs> so why did CCR have a song called Lodi? I have no idea. Were they looking to hang with Billy Idol? Boo! Oh, <laughs> yo. If we weren't on a Google Zoom thing, and I, I would show you my... All right, go ahead. Move on. Please don't. Uh, Raven uses a chair. Uh, Riggs reverses. Raven face first into the chair. Getting a little bit of payback there. 
Uh, Raven reverses a move into a DDT, his finisher. Gets on the mic. Why didn't you join me? Hits another DDT. Why didn't you listen to me? I feel your pain. Hits another DDT. Uh, Riggs can't beat the 10 count. Ref calls for the paramedics. But instead, Hammer just picks him up and carries him through the crowd. That's how I spent every family reunion. Why didn't you join me? <laughs> Bam! <laughs> You're getting a lot out about the family today, man. I'm sorry. Didn't pay for my lessons. They didn't get me gigs. I feel their pain. You know, a lot of that wasn't <laughs> recorded, but thanks for bringing it up, you fucking <laughs> cocksucker. Jeez, yeah. Wow, why don't we bring it up? My daddy, daddy wasn't there to take me to the fair to change my underwear. All right, go ahead. Move on, please, before I cry. <laughs> Next we get Mongo versus Goldberg, but not really because Mongo gets on the mic during Goldberg's, Goldberg's entrance, has a steel pipe in his head. He says, go on. He said he does the whatever's good for the goose is good for the gander. I don't think it made any sense. But he says, get a camera to the back, and Goldberg's basically dead on the ground. They, they do a close-up of Mongo. He got his Super Bowl ring back. He says, hey, I'm ready to wrestle. Who wants a shot? Deborah drags Alex right out. He doesn't want to wrestle, and Mongo wins. Y'all. Y'all. Next, we get Ray versus Eddie for the Cruiserweight title again. Hey, again. Not as good as the uh, Halloween Havoc one, but some matches you just watch. Uh, Eddie hits a frog splash for the win. We are regurgitating matches Correct. week after week, I'm noticing, on, on Nitro. Well, speaking of regurgitating matches, Hennig versus Flair for the U.S. title. <laughs> Wait, who? Hennig. Kurt Hennig. He's going <laughs> to take on Diamond Dallas. He was good at ping pong. But he takes I on fl- about 15 he, Dr. Peppers. He takes on Flair instead. Uh, it's apparently a no DQ match because there's lots of blatant things that would be a DQ and it never gets called. Uh, Flair locks in the figure four. Henna grabs the title, clocks Flair twice, knocking him out, gets the win. Okay. On to the main event, World War Three, Part 6. Three rings, 60 men. You're free to move from ring to ring. You're eliminated by being thrown to the floor, not just to the top. Uh, when there's enough people left, they all go to ring two. Last man, last man standing wins, gets a title shot at Super Brawl, uh, which is February of 98. couple people that were in, as obviously as jobbers, Norman Smiley, pop for that one. And Barry Darso was there. They quickly brushed over Barry Darso, like, ha ha, Barry Darso, look at him. I'm like, not doink, not demolition, not repo man, none of it, just Barry Darso. Move on. Okay. Uh, NWO's participants come out last. It's Vincent Buff Bagwell, Kurt Hennig, Macho Man, uh, Scott Hall, and, and Nash is supposed to be there, but he's not there. Uh, and this is where I skip ahead. Giant stands alone in ring three. You got the Giant, Macho Man, Buff Bagwell, Vincent, Hennig, Hall, DDP, Booker T, Luger, and Rick Steiner. And they're I feel supposed like you need to blow go- your nose every time you get to Kurt's name. I know, right? It's starting to get difficult. Uh, <laughs> NWO's in ring one. They're calling everybody into their ring. Uh, still no Nash. Uh, so 
DDP goes to roll Macho out. Giant stops him so he could hit a choke slam. We're down to Hall, Giant, and DDP. Hall goes to ring two. <coughs> Calls to the back. You're assuming it's a Kevin Nash, but it's not. It's Hogan. <coughs> so you got Hogan, Hall, Giant, and DDP. And then Stang repels from the rafters. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm getting choked up about this. Yo, Jesus Christ, take a drink or something. I've never heard someone cough so much. Fucking Go amateur. <coughs> Go fuck yourself. Put in a bumper. Oh, man. Fuck bumpers. All right, well, Clean I did yourself put... up. <laughs> Stang repels from the rafters because obviously it's not fucking Stang. Hogan Powders eliminates himself, but Stang attacks the giant. Hall gets the ring. It's not Stang. It's Nash. So NWO has won. Sting generally isn't seven foot. Right, exactly. And uh, two years in a row, NWO has won World War Three. But this is Scott Hall winning this time. So, you know, last year we saw uh, Giant get pissed off and want to know where his title shot was. To he Hogan. wanted his big so, beefy t- title shot. That's right, in his mansion. <laughs> so we'll see where this one goes. <laughs> oh, the big beefy mansion. All right, so we'll go right into Nitro. <clears throat> they show NWO backstage coming to the ring. Uh, Hogan grabs a sign from a fan. It says, Bischoff owns Vince. Buff grabs a sign. It says, Buff, want a beer? Uh, I love Buff when... said yes, and that was it right there. <laughs> that was the end of it. And that right is there. why he is... Never mind, that's too mean. Well, no, we're going to get there because I think it does start tonight. Um it is so great because they're all congratulating Hall, and he's playing modest like he just won an award for acting in a movie. He's just like, it, it was great the way he played it off because he's usually so cocky. No one can see what you just did, by the he way. He was I, loud. I did it to you, dick nuts. I get that, but idea. you said he's like, and then people are like, what are you okay, doing? Okay, well, nobody's going to see this either. Hogan says he's going to challenge anyone. <laughs> Show me your little penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is pretty little, yeah. <laughs> it's about the size of a finger a middle one um, no that. hang on you're right i actually do like that hall is playing up this whole moment he's having like he really did look like he just won a goddamn oscar yeah like, he's like thank you guys so much i really appreciate that man like and and but at least different from giant is like i want it i've secured it we don't have to protect hogan now things are a little different I like it. Mm-hmm. I wish Scott Hall won the title. Yeah, that's one of those things, man. It just never happened. It's a damn shame. He chose beer. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, Hogan says he's going <laughs> to challenge anyone in the building for the title tonight. Points to the ramp and uh, Giants there with J.J. Dillon. Giant, uh, so at World War Three, he wasn't in a full cast. He was kind of like in a like a neoprene sleeve or something like that. It wasn't a big deal. Now he's in a full-on plaster cast, and he wants to wrestle for a broken thumb, by the way. Um, Dylan says, hey, you can't. You're not medically cleared. Giant says, I'll sign anything. I want Hogan. All right, well, if you indemnify WCW, I'll draft it up, and you can have your match. Why even fucking do it then? Just just fucking say he's got the match. Jesus Christ. Right. Next, I agree. Next, you get disorderly conduct. Disorderly conduct versus the Steiners. It's a squash, as you'd expect. Mang is back in the mix tonight. 
with Booker T, uh, but this time Booker T wins uh, on a roll-up. Mang uh, locks in the death grip after the match. Stevie Ray runs in with a wooden chair, hits a headshot on him. Mang no-sells it and keeps the hold on. <laughs> Barbarian comes down. Mang locks in the death grip on Stevie Ray. Keeping these guys looking strong, it's amazing. You know, I guess they got away from the uh, Dungeon of Doom, and now they can actually do something. I will say, to tiny a bit add on to your bringing to the table, a video popped up on YouTube recently where in, like, 2000, Triple H was fucking with Rikishi backstage at either Raw, SmackDown, whatever it was. And Haku walks in, and that's when he had, like, the giant, huge fro going. He walked in, and Triple H was like, hey, man, all right, I'll see, I'll see y'all later. All right, good stuff. Love y'all. Bye. And I'm like, fuck. He even put it on camera that everyone was scared of him. It's, goddamn, I love him. Yeah, he's the man. I want to bring him to a bar with me. <laughs> Just so you can start shit with somebody? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Just find the biggest guy, hit him with a stool on the back, and be like, talk to him. <laughs> I don't get upset. Uh, all right, so we get Ninja <laughs> I don't get upset. When he gets, he upset, gets upset, fucking Polly from Rocky in Back to School. Boom. Yeah. Got it. Call. Go. Good. Nailed it. Go. Mean Gene, J.J. Dillon, talking about Raven's contract again. They head to the ringside where he's sitting. Says that uh, Dylan got the contract delivered to him uh, by Courier. And uh, he said, there's a lot of scribbling in the margins. Raven says, I'm not going to conform to your rules. And he's like, all right, well, I guess you're under contract now. Again, it was just lame. Oh, Riggs is with the flock now. Yep. Just, it was an unofficial join, just there now. I mean, like, we've been building towards it, but it's now just, he's there. He's there, yeah. We're we're past it. No need to no you know no need to really delve into it. He's with them now. Well, we're supposed to get Chris Benoit versus Raven, but instead Raven just grabs Sick Boy by the hair and throws him into the ring. And eventually the flock flocks, and uh, Benoit takes them all out, locks in the crossface for the win, but eventually gets taken over by the flock, gets beat down. All right, we get an NWO ad. It's it's all about putting Bischoff over Zabisco. Naturally, Zabisco goes to the ring afterwards. He's not happy. Calls out Hall, challenges again, uh, uh, challenges him again. Has the contract in hand, and he said something that I thought was pretty fucking cool. He goes, "I'm gonna wipe your face on the mat like I did ten years ago." I didn't know those two wrestled ten years ago in '87. Pretty fucking cool. NWO music Didn't hits. Either. You get uh, flyers coming from the rafters. It's a photo of Bischoff pinning, quote, pinning Zabisco at Halloween Havoc. Um, he says, I'm not leaving until Hall comes out. He gets Bischoff instead. Bischoff says, you're an announcer. Not a very good one, but that's what you are. You used to be a pro wrestler, but you were never very good. <laughs> Bischoff says, I already beat you twice. Zabisco says, all right, well, how about I fight you? Eh, you're too ugly, too fat, and way too slow. But anytime, fat boy. And security keeps them apart. So apparently we're going to get Zabisco and Bischoff. Because why not? I can't wait. I can't wait. Really? It doesn't is, is, this, is this ASMR with Top of Wrestling? <laughs> uh, <was> this... 
We'll just go to hour two. <laughs> hey guys, Prince I.K. is back. Hey, ODM. I think you're a piece of shit. Uh, no, boo. I. I, I so <laughs> I.K. has been in Japan. Deborah and Wright argue during the match. Uh, Deborah's dress, y'all, got caught on a turnbuckle. I think she was literally just standing still, so it didn't. You couldn't see that it actually wasn't stuck to the turnbuckle. So she can't get off the apron. Wright's yelling at her. I.K. hits a splash for the win during the confusion. Right? Gets on the mic. And okay, so uh, I'm so glad you say that because I was like, uh, she looks like she has free reign to move left, right, up, down, any way she wants to. What the fuck is she upset about right now? I, I, I'm glad you said that because, yeah, it didn't look good, real, whatever. Yeah. I mean, she would have been almost better off if she put her hand on her dress on the turnbuckle and, you know, like tugged at it. Quit being a fucking pervert, you know? You've heard the things I've said on this show, right? That is nowhere near yeah, no, your average level yeah, of you're, perf. No, you're a dick. You're the one that's talked about Asuka's naked picture three times already. Do we have a hat trick bumper for that? We're gonna. <laughs> that's a fully man. It's a fully. <laughs> that's a fully. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> Next natural one. Oh, no pun intended. Boobies, titties, titties, nipple, nipple, nipple. Wow. Okay, if That's we haven't been kicked turn. off any of our channels yet, I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, nobody's listening anyway. That's true. You can't say Thanks goddamn on the air. <laughs> Next, we get Disco Shitbag versus Macho Man. Wait, stop. Collaborate and listen. Are you still thinking about Asuka like I am? I mean, when am I not? <laughs> I'm, all right, I'm not kidding. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Liz shoves Disco into the post at one time. A bunch of elbow drops, spray paint. There's your lot. At least Disco got the shit kicked out of him, so it was good for that. That's the best part of Nitro. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, next, Brad Armstrong's back, and he's apparently heel. I real hang on. I had a realization this past week while watching Disco Inferno. Anybody who's in metal rock music who hated John Travolta, this is the guy that like when he got his ass kicked each week. You're like, there it is. There's the guy from Saturday Night Fever getting his ass kicked right oh there. Oh my god. There it is. <laughs> oh my God! You used to be a father. I mean, hey, father. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. You're uh, a pig. You put it out in the bag of the car. You're a pig. Too much? Too soon? Oh no no no! That's good. I just I, can you dig it? I'm not. I knew that she could. Boom! Head in. Keep going. Hen egg. Uh, next and we get Gene back on the ramp with Mongo. Uh, asks uh, Mongo, "Hey, what do you think about Alex Wright giving Deborah the boot?" Calls Wright that German praying mantis. Uh, okay. Uh, Deborah then comes out trying to woo Mongo. Kind of a crossover. Yeah. Right. Do you know praying mantis? You're looking at. <laughs> So Deborah comes out trying to woo Mongo, and Shivani goes, "Get the somebody get the hook." <laughs> it's great. Even Shivani's tired of her shit. He's like, "Get the hook." 
Could you imagine if people did that weekly? Get the hook. We're done with this. Yeah, right. Uh, Deborah says, I would do anything to be back with you. Uh, for the record, they divorce less than a year from now. So probably <laughs> not. And, and, and Mongo says, you want to do anything? How about you walk your ass up that ramp and get away? Jean looks at Mongo and says, she said she would do anything. Anything? Anything. <laughs> and then Gene does the thing where he wipes his brow and he like puckers his lips because you know he wants to just, like burst into laughter. And you could tell he's like biting his lip. I love when you can see Gene try to hold back the laughter because he's so good at it. So but you can uh, tell. just quick question, Mongo, do you um do you mind if like I like kind of like I if like let's say there was a chance like you you didn't care can I fuck Debra <laughs> oh it was so good Gina's like yo it's gonna be better than that biker night <laughs> yeah way better uh yeah it was fucking great I just love seeing Gene crack up it's nothing like it. Uh, next, you get Buff Bagwell versus Chris Jericho. Uh, I, Bagu- I want to know, did, did Gene get laid that night or not? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Always. Always. You know. Yo, I, I bought that dude a martini. He's a good, hard, dry-ass martini motherfucker. He got his, he got his mean Gene Okerlunds. Yeah, he did have his uh, mic hand very close to his nose. Hogan, while you're telling me your uh, promo against Hulk uh, against War- Ultimate Warrior, smell what I did last night. Here you go. You know they can't see you. <laughs> yeah, but they knew what I meant. <laughs> oh God! All right. Next, we get Kurt Hennig versus Ray Trailer for the U.S. title. This is actually a pretty good match. old big I'm... boss man versus Mr. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's right. Mama I called that a complete set other. of box of chocolates, some almonds, some nutty, some are just perfect with chocolate. And then I ruined my roommate's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. That's the best part. That in will you let will you help me raise my AIDS baby? All right, let's move on. <laughs> This was a really good match till the obvious happened, which is the NWO running in. I guess Ray Trailer is getting fucking Super Cena right now because it only makes him stronger. The best part of this was that they tried using a permanent marker on Trailer's forehead to write NWO. But guess what? His forehead was too sweaty. So, you know, probably just grab a towel or something. No. Mr. Perfect decides, I'm sorry, Kurt Hennig, decides that the best way to dry off his forehead is to sit on his face and rub his ass across his forehead to try to dry it off. Literally, Kurt Hennig just gets in the ring, sits on his face, and rubs back and forth trying to dry off his forehead. He can't. Stop. Stop. You're naming a porno. Stop. You're giving me a gay porno. You're full of shit. Start over. Go back and watch it, bro. (laughs) Hang on. You know what's crazy is that 
You'd be smart like this past weekend in the full gear match. I watched Ray Phoenix take both of his wrist tapes and wipe it across the top of Penta's shoulders before he stood on top to do a move off the top rope. You know what I mean? Like oh, off there the top you go. Of his shoulders. Smart. Moving the sweat. <laughs> this here was a totally different scenario. <laughs> you got to figure Hennigan trailer got along pretty well. And the, the first thing I thought of, you always hear these stories about Hennig being a fucking prankster. Oh, you know, th- this was 100% a prank. There's no, and you can't ask either guy, unfortunately, but there's no way they're like, all right, hang on. So the next part of the match, of well, you're going to have to, Dip your tea bag across. Uh, <laughs> I gotta see if I can get a picture Trailer's of it. Face. <laughs> I'm the boss, man. You'll serve hard time if you put your tea bag across my nose. I wonder if he ripped ass when he did it too. <laughs> I would. I feel like. Oh my god. Oh god. I'm in. The, there's no way I could have been a part of that because, to be honest with you, I'm all about to have fun, make the joke, make the rib. When you do it to me. Right. Like you've heard people getting actual fecal matter inside of their gym bag. <laughs> I'm going to no. fucking lose my shit and lose my job. Mm-hmm. Likely go to jail. <laughs> Probably. It's a different crew to be a part of. But no, hang oh, on. God. Hennig dips his tea bag across his face. Let's it move on. It was fucking great. It was great. I'm getting a screen cap of it. That's going to be the logo. Um, main, <laughs> main event is Giant versus Hogan for the world title. Naturally, Hogan work, works the arm. Um, Giant's able to hit the choke slam, but he's so hurt that he can't make the pin. And then, guess what? Then, then this is fucking great because I had no fucking clue. Okay. I see Sting repelling from the rafters. I'm like, that ain't fucking Sting. It's Stang. It's Nash again, obviously. Uses the bat on Giant's hand. It's a DQ. NWO to the ring. Nash starts ripping the cast off. But then Sting fucking repels from the from the rafters. No. And it was one of the best things i ever seen because I didn't remember what happened, and I fucking popped. Sting doesn't stop. He hits the mat and goes through. He fucking Owen hearted it. <laughs> Jesus! Yo! That's... It's a right, dummy. I'm put my headphones it, down. I'm done with that shit. That's, that's fucked. It's... Wow. Wow. No, I'm actually, I'm going to stay on because that's good. really good. I want to see where you go from here. Good night, folks. It's <laughs> the end of the episode. Wow. He Owen hearted. If you have any bad dreams tonight, I want you to know it's likely because that thought right there. Nah, I've said worse. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty fucked. Come on, it's no worse than Brits. You could have brought up straight up rape or abortion. I would have been like, yeah, man, whatever. That right there was... That was fucked up. All right, what did Raw have to produce? Well, it's true. He didn't go head first on that one. Anyway, we'll start with Raw. Rick Rude's music hits, but it's not Rick Rude. <laughs> it's... <laughs> You've ruined the show. 
Isn't that why I'm here? Isn't that why you wanted me on the show? Listen, I want you to just derail this motherfucker every chance you get. I wanted a puppet. Don't laugh, it ain't funny. I wanted a goddamn puppet, someone who listened to what I said, someone that when I said, I'm going to talk like this, you're going to be like, yes, sir. And all of a sudden, you're being anti-Semitic. You're being... I'm Whoa, no I'm, <laughs> no I'm fucking with you. I'm sorry. Went too far. We can talk all about... Never mind. I've said enough bad things. <laughs> Has anybody seen American History X? <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Rick Rude music hit, but it's not Rick Rude. It's Harvey Whippleman, a.k.a. Handsome Harvey. He's got the suit on. He's got the briefcase. He does the whole shtick, and he fucking does it great. He introduces DX, and then the famous line from Shawn Michaels, well, Lord knows that was a tough spot to fill. Shoves Harvey to the ground, Triple H kicks him to the floor. Which is why I give all of my all each and every week on the show, because I know people can be replaceable. ODM, he doesn't give his all, it's fine. But me, I give everything I can. Go ahead. Listen, 50% of the time, I give 35% effort. You can't beat those numbers. 50% of the time, I give 30%. Jesus Christ. That's the motto of our show. Could you imagine? People like, what's the show about? Hey, heads up. We only give half the energy and 35% of that. <laughs> All right, it's you for the rest of Raw. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> it's usually what happens. I usually just, hey, if you're going to derail the train, I'm going to fucking just feed the engine so we can do it as fast as possible. <laughs> Chicken. All right. All right, so, yeah. here we go. All right, so Shawn Michaels uh, says there's been lots of controversy. Never thought it would end that way. Never thought it would come to this. Brett, I want the world to know that I take full and total responsibility for what happened in Survivor Series. And then he mentions Brett's still under contract until November 30th. And the crowd is hot as fuck. They do not like Shawn Michaels right now. Shawn says Brett deserved better. Vince McMahon and the WWF deserved better. As God is my witness, again quoting God, Brett and Shawn have finally had contact to no one's knowledge. We have an agreement, and tonight we'll settle this once and for all. Brett, it can end with a, hench- end with a handshake or a fight. Shawn Michaels says Brett's going to be here tonight. Next, we Which get Legion cool, of Doom. We all know the they're just, hang- like, just give a handshake. They're going to be happy. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm happy about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Legion of Doom versus the New Age Outlaws. Still not being called that for the tag titles. Uh, Road Dog comes out. They still have the shoulder pads on. And he says, oh, what a flush. But they begin with the, oh, you, oh, didn't, you didn't know. know. Yep. Your ass better call somebody. It's the first time they began with the, oh, you didn't know intro. Yep. And the music, yeah. Yep. So they're getting there. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, this, and this is even more of a. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, supporting the fact that they're getting over because fucking Gunn gets a roll-up. Uh, you know, there was a ref bump, but as soon as Gunn gets the roll-up, a second ref uh, comes out of fucking nowhere, counts three. Outlaws grab the titles, they run to the car, and they drive off. Um, but they have to stop momentarily as they're driving off because the limo's pulling into the parking lot. Dude, 
tell me that was not the most untimely fucked up part in WWE Raw history. I wonder if it was whatever on was purpose. going on with that. No, I think no. so because it was a segue. No, because the way that the way I look at it, and you all can look at the network and, and what we're talking about, but when they were taken off. Road Dog is in the passenger seat. Billy is driving. With the drive, he hits those brakes hard. <laughs> and Road Dog is trying to tell them, yo, go to the right, go to the right. I'm not sure if it was timing, whatever. It seemed yeah, maybe. very. They, were, they hit it hard. You heard him hit the gas hard and then slam the brakes. WWE is notorious for the getaway scene slam the gas get the fuck out of there it's never slam the gas oh my god there's a limo hang on hang on you you, me you 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 me all right you left you're right who's gonna go you all right well you go first mexican standoff at the stop that's that's really fucking wow all right move on jesus christ commentary says the limo's supposed to have bret hart in it Next, we get a recap of Slaughter and Triple H's feud. Michael calls on the ramp. He calls out Commissioner Slaughter. He says, Triple H has gotten personal, and he puts on the hat, and he says, you're going to be fighting Sergeant Slaughter, and it's going to be Slaughter's Rules match, which is a boot camp match. Okay? And then oh, he... Oh, shit. Gay. Then, yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, I didn't mean I didn't mean that last word. Yeah, I way to go. Like, way to go. I... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I meant what they would say back then (laughs) in 97. Slaughter goes on a bit of a rant. I stopped. I I wanted to try to write it all, and then I gave up. So I'm going to read exactly what he said just to the point where I stopped writing it. (laughs) Have you ever smelled napalm in the morning? Imagine where you stopped. (laughs) Have you ever smelled napalm in the morning? You ever (laughs) dug a foxhole? Have you ever been pinned in an ambush on Christmas Eve? You ever felt the cold steel of a bayonet in your gut? You ever have a fellow soldier blown up by a landmine? You ever play Russian roulette? You ever killed anyone? (laughs) You ever took an Easter egg, put it up an Easter bunny? You ever took a Christmas gift that Santa gave you and put it right back up his chimney? Have you ever thought about taking the body of Christ and putting it right back up his rectum? Jesus Christ! It was a really, it was a rough segment, man. Yeah, like I said, I stopped writing him down. No, you should. As a good Christian, you should. I was too afraid he would have asked about a Cleveland steamer or something. I didn't want to get there. You ever take a glass table and you lay your wife under it? Oh, stop. Please stop. <laughs> Please stop. I mean, I'm like seven-eighths oh. away there. <laughs> Just stop. Brian Christopher versus Flash. Savio Dragon. Vega. I don't know. I'm just randomly throwing a wrestler out. Go. Brian Christopher, Flash Flanagan, light heavyweight tourney. Christopher wins. He'll face Scott Taylor in the next round. Hour two. We get DX back to the ring. Triple H cuts a quick promo on Slaughter, and then Shawn Michaels calls Brett to the ring. You hear the music. It's a mini in a mask. 
and the mask looks like it's from the movie Mask. It was actually quite disturbing. <laughs> Fuck off. Come on. Don't tell me that. The dude did some phenomenal Brett work. Moving the hands like the, I'm, it's me. Yeah, whatever. I You can't see what I'm talking about, but the Brett movements. He, they had the mannerisms it, down, yeah. It looked like, I was like, hang on, did Brett shrink? I didn't. I just want to make you think right, about that you. for a second. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Hang on. I knew it was bad. I thought you were going to move on. You didn't. Well, let's move on as a group. You're going to um, sit there in silence and think about what you said. <laughs> <laughs> think about what you just said. Us, the listeners, you, we're all going to wait until you realize how stupid you are. Go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, it Triple H recaps the match while Shawn Michaels reenacts it. He actually puts the mini in the sharpshooter, and they make him say, "Oh, who's the sharp? Who's the best in the world? Who's the icon? Who's this? Who's that?" And it's funny because he's got that mask on and it's muffling his voice, so he has to really yell. Uh, they put a WCW sign on his ass and kick him to the back. And the Anvil Anvil Nightheart comes out and he runs down DX and he says, "I'm going to come down there and whip your butt." Uh, yeah, he starts playing with Anvil's head. Says, you know, Brett never gave you the opportunity. Where's Brett? He's at home. Where's Owen? He's at home. Where's Davey? Where's Davey? Anvil goes, well, he's having minor surgery on his knee. Shawn Michaels goes, oh, yeah, surgery, minor surgery. Yeah, the old fake knee injury. I know all about that. <laughs> Yo, did he not call himself out? Or he is did. That That's why I like it. He called himself out. However... Keep this going because Sean didn't do too well. Yeah, right. Uh, he says, hey, you're here by yourself. You're looking for opportunity. Well, I'm going to give you that opportunity. Basically says, listen, you've got an open invitation to DX. It's off the table at 11 p.m. And, you know, he does that. Okay, all right, we'll see. He walks to the back. Uh, next hang on. Hang on. Hey. Before you get there, hang on. Even in this promo right here, he is like, so... John, I mean Jim, tonight he can't get Neidhart's name straight and he keeps calling him Hart and he goes, I mean oh. Jim Neidhart. He is all over the place. Hmm. I'm just saying Oxycontins and Percocets and as of course we know, Prozac, they're they're not that that's not a good drug. Together. Together, yeah. I can see that. I can look at you. I thought yeah, you were going to say they were hell of drugs. <laughs> we get Savio Vega versus Ken Shamrock next. Shamrock wins. Uh, WWF is now taking full advantage of Stone Cold's popularity because they show him arriving to the arena in his fully customized Stone Cold Steve Austin truck. <laughs> Which can I buy a replica of for $24.99? I'm just kidding. I don't know if they actually had that. They probably did. I bought it. So, <laughs> still got it. You know that boy has it still in its original packaging. Packing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I didn't expect that. That's really good. That's a fucking good one. 
Nation of Domination heads to the ring, Rocky Maivia doing his Denim Dan impression, impersonation with a fanny pack and a pager. And it's funny because I said to myself, wow, yes, 96 or 97, I mean, yeah, pagers were still a thing. I actually probably had one in 97. Um, but it, it stuck out to me, and I didn't know why. It became clear very quickly. Michael Cole's in the ring, and he goes to interview The Rock, and The Rock just takes the mic from Michael Cole, calls himself the people's champion, uh, but the mic keeps cutting out, and then the Tron says Rocky sucks, the lights start flickering, they go out. He tells Farouk, go fix that incompetence. Which, to the um, the the people on commentary, they're like, uh, there's some weird things going on with the mic here, That, that that's weird, it's kind of yep. cutting out, which... If it was real normal life, they would never bring it up. Right. Yeah, that's how they, we've talked about it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break break kayfabe. I'm sorry, ODM. Go ahead, please. We've talked about it. Spoon feeding. That's what WWF does. You got to spoon feed you everything. You can't just fucking figure it out on your own. Fucking figure it out. Yeah, so uh, the Tron shows Austin in the production truck, and he says, you know, he goes through his whole spiel. He's hitting all the buttons and everything, and he goes, He's like, well, well, tell me this, Rocky. Is this live or is this Memorex? He goes, uh, you know, next time that pager goes off and you're at the airport and your pager goes off and it says 316, I'm going to be right there waiting for you. So the video cuts off. Rocky's still looking at the Tron. You hear the crowd pop. And all of a sudden, Rocky looks down at his pager, turns around, Austin. Beats the shit out of him. Austin... <clears throat> Had uh, some issues with the uh, steel chair during this whole thing. Uh, as Rocky powdered, he went to swing, lost the chair, almost went ass over tea kettle. Had to get the chair, go back into the ring, but he couldn't get the chair back into the ring. It was He was pretty fucking amped up. Uh, but then Austin, with the cheesy dad line of the night, he says, Hey, I got enjoy your Thanksgiving. Here's a little bird for you right here. Gives him the bird. Um, I loved the rock seeing the, um, the pager when his eyes saw him, nobody could open their eyes wider (laughs) than the rock. (laughs) But like, and I mean that in the most, honestly, like that was like, he could sell facial structures and that's, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of acting is, is selling off of what you can do with your motion and your face. The eyes, him doing that was like, he just realized 316 was right there. Bam, Austin's there. Good moment. I loved it. I thought it was a great setup for all of their feud to become, you know, for the next several years. Oh, I mean, yeah, no. I guess it's easier for us because we know what comes. And we know what to expect. So when we see it no kick idea. off, it's like it's it's instant. No it's instant. Clue. No idea. Okay. Austin's gonna be wrestling for the next thirty years. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean that's true. You never know. That actually might come to to pass. All right, where are we at here? Excuse me, I don't know. Well, we're supposed to have Crush versus Jeff Jarrett. Crush comes down on his motorcycle, and they show <laughs> Jeff Jarrett in the back. And he's wearing the worst ring gear I've ever seen in my entire life. Looks like a Power Ranger. 
Yo, he's going to wear this for a while. I know. That's what's worse is I remember it and I go, oh, shit. Yeah. Remember him wearing this. It's fucking terrible. Has his contract. He says, hey, there's stipulations on this contract not being met. And in order for me to perform, you got to perform, Vince. I'm not wrestling crush, crush. And that's that. Until Kane's music hits, he comes down, chokes times the shit out of a couple people. And uh, yeah, there you go. It Maybe. was kind of funny because he's like, I'm not going to wrestle chains. I'm not wrestling chains tonight. And they go back, well, this is crushing the ring. <laughs> Gross enough. You know who the fuck I'm talking not about. Not sure if that was purposeful or not, but that was pretty funny to hear him say that over and over. <clears throat> All right. Main event, Vader versus Shawn Michaels, non-title. Uh, Shawn Michaels calls out Anvil as the newest member of DX. Certainly appears that way. He helps uh, Triple H beat down Vader while the rest distracted. They mentioned that Vader's eyes taped up. It's taped up from the assault from Goldust and Luna. I uh, must have been on Superstars. Wait, what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Then either you skipped a segment or... No, you didn't skip it? Did they no. take the entire segment out? That's weird. Because on Raw... Goldust comes down to ring in a wheelchair pushed by a lady wearing a face mask, much like we all are fucking accustomed to with COVID-19. And it has, he has F-U on his cheeks, forever unchained. He did that and last he week. he said that not only... It, right, but... Now, this week in a wheelchair, he's saying my hands are not only disabled, but now so are my feet. I'm not a quadriplegic, or I'm not a paraplegic, I'm a quadriplegic. And then Vader comes down, gets in his face, and is like, I don't believe you. And then that's when Luna Vashon reveals herself to be that nurse. I don't know how this is not on your... Hmm. Of all the most racist and fucked up things that they are putting on the Peacock <laughs> Network, I can't believe they skipped this. This is why we do this. I love this is why we do so, this. Luna beats the piss out of Vader, and so does Va uh, Goldust. And that's why Goldust heads into the next segment, because he has some shit sprayed in his eyes that was like... Uh, rubbing alcohol, if you will. So was that this week or last week? This week. Oh shit! No, then yeah, no, I that was not. On they my cut an entire reason. segment out on you, man. Jesus. Okay. Well, there you go. Like you said, that's why we. You're do this. welcome. This is why. All right. This is why you hang out the professor. Talk your shit all you want. Boo. <laughs> boo this. Maybe people can't see this, but they know what I mean when I say boo this. Go ahead. Well, I booed when Triple H threw hot coffee into Vader's eye, and they had to specify that it was hot coffee, because obviously if it was lukewarm coffee, it wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, Shawn Michaels hits two super kicks. Two super kicks gets the win. Uh, I, You know, as obvious as this was, I still like how they played it. Uh, Anvil's in between Triple H and Shawn Michaels. They're holding each other's arms up. They're looking at the hard cam, and at one point, Triple H looks over at Sean. Sean looks at Triple H. They look back at China, who's standing behind him. She puts the titles down and just crotches Anvil, and they beat the shit out of him, and that's how we go off the air. So fuck you, you hearts. You knew it was happening that way. You knew 
that's oh, yeah. what was gonna happen. But I loved it. It was it was a good ending. I it, and it makes you wonder now because they did bring up Owen Bulldog. Okay, are these guys still under contract? Are they not? Are they gonna appear again? It was a good at least ending to Raw overall. Absolutely agreed. Nice. Well, hey man. Are you ready for this week's top topic? My money says you're not ready. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... This week's top topic. You know something mean, Gene? John Cena. Wrestling's not fake. <laughs> the Rolex wearing what? Diamond ring wearing what? Gift stealing. Woo! Wheel and dealing. What? Limousine right. What? Jet flying. What? Son of a gun. Woo! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. If you smell. Following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order, based off the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans, much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. All right, my man. Doing an on-the-fly switch. You had no idea this was happening, and that's okay. We could talk the best of World War Three. We really could. But at the end of the day, really, that's eh, a couple of pay-per-views. Let's move on from that. I want to know, right now, we are now nearing the end. It's December of 1997. What are your thoughts on everything with Monday Night Wars? Are we seeing the inevitable? Do you think Nitro has some fight in them? Are they not giving enough? Where could they have fixed each other uh, themselves? I'm, I'm curious of what your thoughts are. Uh, yeah, WWE is definitely picking it up. At this point, right, they're on the right trajectory. You've got the Rock, you got Austin, um, you know, you got because they went soft for '96. They certainly did. They certainly did. Not to say they didn't have good matches and good talent. It just wasn't being utilized. There was too much bullshit. Um, so yeah, they're definitely on the upswing for sure. WCW is tough because you know all the jokes about them taking the old talent. They still did have some talent there, and they had a lot of intrigue. The problem is is just that this whole NWO thing had just run amok so much. Like there was almost no reeling it in at this point. You know, you couldn't you know, you couldn't just get a straight match. Like we've watched uh Flair Hennig fight what, four or five times now over the last month? And everyone's a DQ except this last one, which technically right. would have been a DQ if it wasn't a no DQ match. <laughs> you know, so it's <clears throat> again, and you know, and there's still some good stuff to happen. Mostly people leaving WCW, but you know, 
I don't know, man. There's still the Goldberg phenomena. There's still Bret Hart's short time there. Um, but all, you know, and, you know, we'll just call it out now. There's the Wolfpack, you know. Mm-hmm. There is some stuff that, that we have to look forward to. <clears throat> but just on a week-by-week basis, especially with the pay-per-views, like like WCW's pay-per-views are, are pretty long, and there's always some good matches, but they're never really, they usually aren't the high-profile ones. Nah. You know, first hour between the first and second hour. Yeah, that's all you need. So, um, I I, I agree with you, and it's because it, you're right. Like, we got Wolfpack, we got Goldberg, we got a lot of great things that are going to be coming up. But end of the day, for someone like Eric Bischoff to be bitching and saying, "Oh well, Tony Khan's not doing this right, that right, this right, that right." You set up the NWO and was like, that's it. That's all I need to do. I don't need to think about anything else for the rest. I'll move on. And you just started gaining more and more people. Do you know why DX was probably more successful than NWO? Because they stopped gaining more members each week. They made it a real stable. NWO was, "Eh, if you want to join this company, you could. You don't want to work at Pepsi? Work at Coke. That's it's what it felt like, and it was just very annoying, and it wasn't fun to watch anymore. However, I am excited to see what they're going to produce for '98 because I tuned out a lot of '98. I was a very big fan of WWF, as you already know, but '97, I was there. '98, oh, I tuned out. Once I heard Jay Leno was a uh, part of a main event, I was like, yeah, that's why I don't watch it. Yeah, time to take a break, right? Yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> definitely a lot of moments from 98 that I, I think I remember. Uh, I think that's when I kind of started picking up a little bit more. So closer Which to 99. Which is funny me saying that because I'm over here being like, Logan Paul had a really good match last week. <laughs> <laughs> Put on the list of things we never thought we'd ever say. Who the fuck is Logan Paul? Fuck Jay Leno, but oh my God, Logan Paul. That's a that's what the best part about this is. All right, man. Well, hey, I had to bring that up. I wanted to see where your thoughts were, what you were seeing. We already know what's going to happen in the swing of WWF heading into the Austin era, Austin versus McMahon. We know that. But the face-off between that versus what really will be, like you said, the Wolf Pack. That's going to be the biggest thing. The NWO split is going to be the bigger part of 98. Let's see where it goes. Plus, obviously, Goldberg. Next week, we are back, as, of course, we always are, at 12 o'clock Eastern every Wednesday. Next week, we'll be bringing up your Monday Night Wars, some news, some results, and even more so, we'll be letting you know that your four-time champions are here, baby! Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, ODM, he's got five words for you. Did I do Owen dirty? The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo. 
The special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopwrestling at gmail.com. That was a shade transition. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to boo you, but I'm kind of tired myself. I was like, I just didn't have it in I'm me. I'm too just, tired to boo you. I'm too tired I'm to boo. Boo. <laughs>